Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. SFL Nation, how is it going tonight? It's your favorite GM, Nelson Lozano. Uh, hey, you know, uh, I want to thank you for joining me, as always, and uh, share a little bit about what's been going on. Uh, this has been a really tough week for me and my family. Got some news that's very difficult, and there's a anniversary in my family as well that makes this time very difficult. So next week, there will probably not be a show. Uh, due to these uh, type of situations. We have them every Friday, and I try to have them every Friday without any fail, but this one here requires my full attention, and I just don't want to go ahead and, and shortchange guests and, and listeners uh, due to what's going on. So again, it's been a very tough week for me, but I always tell you guys that I look forward to having these conversations, right? Getting to know folks, um, getting allowing you to see inside the league in multiple facets and speak about you know, what's going on in the league. We're going to be going over outlines of basically of league news, scores, how the playoff picture looks. Um, currently right now, there's the SFLM that's being played right now. So that's the whole thing on its own. So if you are watching that, hopefully you're enjoying this at the same time while watching that. Um, but today's interviews, we're going to have uh, tight end uh, Benjamin Warner uh, and DN Khalil KT Thomas from the Chicago Wildcats. So we'll be talking with them uh, a little bit later on the show. But uh, let's get started. Let's talk about the league news and how week 12 went. So looking at the games, we have Portland Fleet, our Portland Fleet, uh, versus the Fort Worth Toros. This is the last game of the season before the actual playoffs, uh, which unfortunately the Fleet fell to the Toros 3-26. to We have the London Knights versus the Carolina Skyhawks, a very tight game. Uh, London is definitely a team that is very similar in standings when it comes down to the Portland Fleet, uh, but was 36-41 going to the Carolina Skyhawks. Uh, congratulations to Harish Prasad, who we had on the show last week. Uh, we have the Lone Star Glory versus the Chicago Wildcats, 31-24. to We have the Atlanta Storm, 10-17 to versus the uh, Queen City Corsairs. We have Las Vegas Fury uh, versus Mexico City Aztecs, 10-47. to Big win for the Aztecs. Uh, St. Louis Gladiators versus Sioux Falls Sparrows. That was 7-39. A uh, huge game as well. Uh, Tulsa versus uh, the Denver Nightwings, 3-37. I did not expect it, that score to be that low. Um, and definitely I know it wasn't the season that Tulsa wanted. Uh, Houston Hyenas versus uh, the Vancouver Legion, 13-76. I think that was definitely a record-setting game. Uh, it was a huge statement game for Vancouver, who's in the playoffs. And we'll be speaking about the playoff pitches a little bit. Uh, a little bit shortly, but again, definitely Vancouver showed what was possible and what they were able to accomplish and what they're trying to accomplish uh, finishing season 15. We have the Charleston Predators versus the Jacksonville Kings, 7-17. to uh, The Louisiana Revolution versus the Florida Storm, 14-24. to So I know that wasn't the game result that I think many people expected, uh, but definitely a, a strong fight from the Revolution. And uh, definitely a statement game when it came down for the Florida Storm. We have Arizona Scorpions versus the Baltimore Vultures, 27-44. to Definitely not what they expected neither. And uh, definitely painted a picture of uh, the playoffs. So congratulations to those teams who made that push and got themselves into the playoffs. And 
to those teams that didn't make it, hey, we got next season to build, and, and definitely I'm very excited for the offseason and see what we're able to accomplish. Let's talk about the playoffs now, right? Um, so it's going to be, we're going to talk about the wild card first, right? So those folks that were in the top five are, are, are resting while we're trying to figure out what this wild card looks like. Um, so it starts off on Sunday, October 11th at 2.30 Eastern. Um, that will be the Atlanta Swarm versus the Vancouver Legion. Again, just spoke about how Vancouver really has tried to make a statement on what they're trying to accomplish, right? And I think against a really good team like Houston, who, again, deserves all the respect, that was a huge statement uh, game for the Legion. But like I always tell everybody, Atlanta Swarm, for those who don't know, won last season uh, the championship. So you can never really write them off. Once you know the recipe to a championship, I think it's very difficult to go ahead and bet against them. But again, that will be the game on Sunday, October 11th at 2.30. That will be on 11 Sports and for the fans. Uh, the next game, speaking about Houston, right? Uh, great segue. Uh, we have Houston versus the Jacksonville Kings. That's on Sunday, October 11th as well. And that will be at 4.30. And uh, that will be on 11 Sports and for the fans. And that's going to be another game that's going to be decisive right um like i said houston is a team um that is very um is very well coached right like they do well and i think you know that game that they just had against vancouver doesn't really state the type of team that they are so they are very dangerous and very difficult um and they are one of the few teams that we got to win on but they go against a very strong jacksonville team and i I think that's a, a difficult game to call because it can go either way but understand that it, all these games are going to be quite decisive and they're going to be quite impactful. Lastly, on 11 Sports and for the fans, we have our last wild card game, which is the Lone Star Glory versus the Florida Storm. Now, that will be on September, Octo- oh, sorry, Sunday, October 11th at 6:30 Eastern, and that's a, that's the third and final uh, wild card game. Which again, congratulations to Lone Star getting themselves in their first season um, into the playoffs. I think it's very exciting, and, and you know, congratulations to those gentlemen that I know that play for the Lone Star. So shout out to you guys. And then uh, the Florida Storm. I think Florida really shocked some people, right? Um, went against the number two seed in Louisiana and <laughs> ended up beating them. So I think all these games hard to predict, right? Um, I know folks are going to choose one way or the other based on some of the performances, but I'm going to tell you, it's any given Sunday when it really comes to the SFL. Uh, so enjoy that. Speaking of the SFL, though, let's talk about the SFLM. It is definitely on tonight. Uh, the first couple games went by Ottawa versus Annapolis and Birmingham versus San Jose. So congratulations to those teams. And uh, currently we had the Madison Lynx versus, and that's the defending champions versus uh, the Albuquerque Adams. And then lastly, it's the new two uh, new teams added to the SFLM uh, with the Tacoma Grizzlies in the Memphis Riverboat. So, again, going to be very exciting. If you are listening to this and watching those games at the same time, I really do appreciate you. It means you definitely enjoy your league content and you definitely enjoy listening to this show. So I appreciate it. But to those teams, I'm going to tell you, I always talk about how impactful the SFLM has been. And the great thing is that Benjamin Warner was in the SFLM. So we'll ask him how that's going. Did he get to watch any of the games and all that exciting stuff? But it shows you the impact that you can have and how you can go from the minors to the majors. And, and I think, again, speaking from experience, it's such a great um, 
opportunity to get into the league that is very tailored to you as a rookie. And you're with people who want to do the same thing as you. And then you're paired up with coaches and staffing, the staff that want to help you get better. So again, if you are listening, you're interested in joining, probably is the perfect time to join now. Get in the SFLM, get yourself your name, and potentially be involved in Season 16's draft, um, which, will co- which will come after the SFLM season. So recognition time, right? So I love to recognize uh, players every week, uh, top leaderboards. Um, and the people in their respective categories when it comes down to those top players. So the top passing, we have uh, Sully Richardson of the Carolina Skyhawks, Josh Miller of the Denver Nightwings, Brian Dynasty, the, the rookie uh, of the Atlanta Swarm at number three. We got A.J. Cas- Caswell of the uh, Queen City Corsair- Corsairs at number four. And Tom Pepper of the Vancouver Legion, who had a phenomenal record-breaking game uh, and was really looking like a... a, a, a um, a legend on how, how he played against Houston. So we have the top receiving. I want to give recognition here uh, to Mike Daggs of the uh, Mexico City Aztecs. A tight end has been very dominant. Um, he was dominating this whole time. I think he's been on the top of the board now either for three or four weeks, correct me if I'm wrong, um, and has continued to keep that gap, which is quite impressive. So congratulations, Mike Daggs of Mexico City Aztecs. Uh, at number one, we got Brett Killian of the Vancouver Legion. At number two, we have Gabriel Manning of the Tulsa Desperados. At number three, Adam Williams of the Lone Star Glory. A tight end. Shout out to my tight end. Uh, at number uh, four. And then number five, we have Ivory Irving of the Baltimore Vultures. And I think that's another name. Like A lot of these names have been there. Gabriel Manning has been on this list for weeks. Uh, Ir- uh, Ivory Irving has been in this for weeks. So I think congratulations to you guys as well because you guys have definitely been able to show your dominance this season, the season 15. Top rushing, we have Reggie Streeter, the Louisiana Revolution, who has, who finished the regular season at 2,246 yards. Amazing job. Uh, definitely you ha- is the reason why uh, Louisiana has done so well because they can balance between the run and pass. Uh, so congratulations, Reggie Streeter. We have Warren Murray of the Houston Hyenas at number two, Colin Hart of the Sioux Falls Sparrows at number three, Robert Redford of the uh, Vancouver Legion at number four, and Jake, uh, sorry, Gerard McChesney of the uh, Denver Nightwings at number five. Top defensive players, we have DJ Majesty of the Tulsa Desperados. We have Mel Davis, our Mel Davis of the Portland Fleet, who we'll talk to later on tonight. At number two, Jack Brown of the Charleston Predators at number three, uh, Josh Reese of the Charleston Predators as well. So amazing job to the Charleston Predators having two players on the top of the leaderboards. And then finally, we have Lincoln Kingsing Sr. Um, at number five when it comes down to top defensive players this week. Special teams, top special teams. We have Max Jackson the Louise, uh, sorry, of Las Vegas Fury. Uh, we got Shea Carroll, the Carolina Skyhawks, which I think, if I remember correctly, they actually switched. So congratulations to Jack, uh, Max, Max Jackson, uh, for going ahead and, and pushing through and, and taking that top of that special teams leaderboard. Art Vandalay of our Portland fleet uh, is also on here. So at number three, we got Dustin Zeck at number four of the uh, London Knights. And then we have Gabriel Manning of the Tulsa Desperados, a man of multiple, uh, or actually a couple of uh, recognitions on here and, and being on a leaderboard on two categories. Top kickers. So... I always got to show love to my kickers, right? They do definitely make a difference in this league. And you can't win without them. So I do want to congratulate congratulate Kramer Jackman of the Denver Nightwings. 
13, uh, sorry, 33 attempts with 33 made. So congratulations, Kramer. Way to go ahead and dominate. I also want to do re- recognize Anthony Cece, though, of the Jacksonville Kings. They are also 100% and 29 of 29. So, again, great job. You were only a few away from Kramer Jackman. I think Anthony Cece probably didn't get talked about. Again, kickers don't normally get talked about that much, but I do want to give that recognition to Anthony Cece. We have Otis Boudreaux. The Las Vegas Fury, a 90, 90.63% uh, uh, accurate, uh, has done 32 attempts of 29. We have Whistle Jones of the Carolina Skyhawks, and we have Shark Tartan of the Baltimore Vultures. He's at 100% as well at 27 attempts and 27 makes, so definitely congratulations to him. Uh, but those are your five top kickers this week. So with that being said, right, this is the offseason for, for some teams. Other teams, this is their playoff push. Uh, for those teams who made it into the playoffs, hey, congratulations. You definitely deserve it. Um, you know, best of luck to all teams, and we'll be very excited to see what the outcome is uh, after this after this uh, championship, right? Um, so let's talk about the SFLM one more time. Again, if you are interested, this is a perfect time to join. I think it gives us a great segue. Like I said before, Benjamin Warner was part of the SFLM. At one time, that's how I got to know him. Um, and uh, since, you know, again, that is on now, check it out, right? It's awesome. It's great. It's on Twitch and on YouTube. So if you do get a chance to catch these games, go ahead and check them out. Right now, there's some games now. So listen to us. Watch the game. Uh, get involved. And again, I do want to introduce our guest, right? I guess this is a perfect segue. Uh, tight end of the Chicago Wildcats, Benjamin Warner. Benjamin, how are you doing? I'm doing really well tonight, Nelson, and thank you for having me on your show. Um, I listened to it quite a few times, and you've done a really good job with it, so I'm really excited to be on the show tonight. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm excited to have you here, too, right? Um, like I said before, you were part of the SFLM. We we scouted you, right? I thought you did a really good job in the SFLM as a wide receiver at that time. And then you get drafted, and you get drafted as, um, you know, as a tight end, and you were with Chicago. So it's very, I'm really happy to see you here, and I'm, I'm really happy to share this time with you um, to get to know you, right? Get yourself an opportunity to speak on a platform and have people get inside the league and getting to know one of the players um, for the Chicago Wildcats, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I appreciate you listening, right? I, I think, again, I told you off air a little bit as I was rushing to get my dogs and get everybody situated before the show started, um, you know, that this is a one-man show. It's just me, right? Like, I create the scripts. I create the template. I, you know, upload the music. I make sure everything's nice mm-hmm. and set. So this can happen. And, you know, when people tell me, hey, I checked out the show a couple times or I listened to it or whatever the case may be, all I can say is thank you because, honestly, this gives me such an escape for three hours to talk about nothing but the SFL. And then I always talk about how much players like yourself really make a difference in this league and really make it that much enjoyable because everybody has a story. And, uh, you know, again, thank you for for joining me tonight. So uh, with that being said, Benjamin, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm currently a senior in college right now. Um, I'm studying political science. Um, it's my last year, so I've been working really hard on my senior thesis. So that's 
that's been a lot of work. Um, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed the SFL so far. Um, my experience has just been awesome. I've been on a couple of teams so far, whether that be Charleston or um, Ottawa and the SFLM and, and now Chicago. And, and, and just, you know, meeting all these new people um, has been a really great experience for me. And I, I've really enjoyed it so far. Now, let me ask you something. You just said you were with Charleston. So where were you when you were playing with Charleston? Yeah, so um, for Charleston, uh, when I first joined to the league, um, they had reached out to me and asked if I wanted to play as a non-contract punter. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And um, in season 14, I, I was their non-contractor. Um, I, yeah, you know, I, I gave it a try. Um, it just really wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I do think um, – Johnny Bravo and um, Alan um, for allowing me to be on their team. And, and they were really, really helpful. Uh, you know, Alan, um, I scouted for them and he did a really awesome job of, you know, teaching me how to scout. Um, you know, they answered every question I had about the league. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. He's a, that organization itself, such a great organization. And I think there's not many in this league who aren't right. Um, but I think that's such a great experience to come in. And I think, cause I was a non-contracted player as well. My experience didn't go the same way. <laughs> I wish I could tell oh, you really? that I did, I did meet some really good people in my experience mm-hmm. that, um, uh, I still cherish those friendships even now, um, which we got beat by one of my friends, Xander Gold, uh, uh, you know, uh, in this last game, but you know, that experience of a non-contract, nobody's going to experience that again. Right, like we, I can't. I feel like nope. we passed one time past deal. that now. Yeah. Right, yep. and it was a make or break for a lot of people. I would talk about how my experience wasn't the best, right? Because I felt kind of lost and I felt kind of secluded, and I felt like due to the fact that I couldn't make my player better, um, I mm-hmm. didn't get that same type of level of respect. I guess it's kind of how I felt, and I didn't feel as involved with the team. So I'm glad to really hear that you had a great experience with yours playing for Charleston. Now, I do want to talk about, you know, Ottawa and, and kind of that stuff a little bit later on, um, because I do want to know how did you ever get did you get to catch that first game? If not, you know, again, how was your experience or whatnot? But before we get there, how did you get to this point where now you're with Chicago? Um, as they're tied in. So walk me through the, your whole SFL story. Yeah, so I, as I said before, I started as a non-contract punter with Charleston. Um, and I, I joined the league um, about the middle of January. Um, I'm a huge Patriots fan. So when they when they lost to the Titans in the wild card round, it's something that I really hadn't experienced before because, you know, they're either in the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship. So I, I was just, and I didn't really want my football season to end um, because I love football. Um, so I was just scouting around YouTube and Twitch, and I, and I came across the SFL. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Um, and I thought it was a video game. And, and when I started really watching it, I heard announcers and, and you know, and these were people that, you know, made their character. I went on the website and, you know, I saw that people could make their player. And I even saw mm-hmm. that you could own your own team and coach. And I was like, really like shocked by this because I'd never heard of this league before. And, and it really perked my interest when I saw that they 
submit their own playbooks and it's simulated. So there's no one playing. It's it's all based on simulation. And that that was a really cool aspect that that you know got me involved in the league. Um, and and then obviously season 14 happened, and then the SFLM happened, um, and. You know, I had I picked the wide receiver position um, and played for Ottawa, um, and, and I talked to many teams throughout, um, you know, the draft or before the draft, just to get my name out there. I, I know I reached out to you and I and, and just a couple other teams, um, but you know, I, I ended up not getting drafted as a receiver, um, and I contacted Mikey and Proda from Chicago, um, and, and you know, I had. Listened to him on the announce as him as an announcer, and I, I he was a, he's a great announcer. Um, but you know what perked my interest was the tight end position. Um, I, I love the tight end position because of Gronk, Travis Kelsey, Tony Gonzalez, um, just those guys. The ability of what they've done in the NFL, you know, really made me like that position. So I reached out to them um, and said, hey, yeah, I'm still available in the supplemental round. Um, I'd be interested in your tight end position. And we got to talking, and um, I also talked to Shan Varner. Um, and we ended up, you know, they ended up drafting me, and it was a really cool experience to be there. Um, you know, the season may not have gone as expected with some things that came up. But, um, yep. you know, overall I had a – really fun experience and, and you know i met khalil who's now one of my best friends in the league um on the chicago wildcats but you know it, it was it was really cool and how crazy is it that tonight we also will have khalil a little bit later on yeah tonight, i know uh which, which yeah. is crazy right um but i think mm-hmm. that's such a great story mikey and proto is somebody who i i really respect and a few what is it now? A couple of weeks back, me and, and Mikey spoke, and it was so fun, right? Like, Mikey's a fun guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he is. invited me to come up to Rhode Island and what that stuff. So, but I definitely think that's such a, that's such a great experience, right? Um, and those are all great organizations that you went to that helped you kind of mold where you're at now. And yeah, we spoke, right? Like, you were on my radar. You had a couple of plays that were really huge for Ottawa. And, that's kind of what led me to, hey, who's this Benjamin Warner, right? And, and you know, contacting and, and trying to speak with you and, and, and see what's going on, right? I think building relationships, whether or not we were able to draft you or not, is always key because when you need somebody mm-hmm. or you need, you know, you're trying to find different opportunities, you can always reach out to those friends to figure those those situations out or people that you met during that networking period. So I think that's pretty great. Um and I think that's a, that's a pretty awesome story. Now, what's a fun, before we get into like, you know, what attracted you to tight end, we kind of spoke about it actually with, um, you know, your influences. And I think your influences are awesome because I always talk about my influence was Tony Gonzalez. Now, Tony Gonzalez for me was somebody who I could relate with. Um, you know, being a Hispanic male, he's a Hispanic male. He was so dominant. You know, he really made he really made it for me where where I chose a tight end. Now I have two favorite players. He's one. Of, I have three actually. It's him, Randy Moss. It, why I'm number eighty four, by the way. And uh, oh yeah, Sean Randy Taylor. Moss. Yep. Yeah, and Sean yep. Taylor. Oh, those Sean are Taylor. My, That's oh yep. Yeah, those are those are my three favorite players. And when I came into the league, I was a linebacker. Um, I did it because I was a non-contractor, and I was like, you know what? It wasn't bad. I actually kind of like it. So then I continued that going into the SFLM, uh, and I played that for for a game. And then um, 
was able to get the opportunity with Portland, which is, is where I'm at now. But I think, again, to see all that come together is pretty awesome. But like I said, before we get into anything else, uh, what's a fun fact about you? Yeah, um, so I have two. Um, so as I said, I was, uh, I'm was i writing my senior thesis this year, and I'm doing it on a really cool topic. I'm focusing on um, Afghan education, and um, I'm trying to see um, – if U.S. aid to Afghanistan has um, improved educational outcomes there. Um, so it's been really cool just learning about um, Afghanistan education, how U.S. aid has worked there. Um, a second fun fact about me, I'm a huge golfer. Um, I have a handicap about eight. Um, so um, I, I love going golfing and I play a lot with my dad and a couple of my other friends. So that's, that's what I do in my free time is I golf and that's about it. <laughs> well, those are still two good facts. I'm not a huge. I, I don't know much about golf, so I'm pretty sure that score, that handicap you just told me is r- probably really good. <laughs> but I will have yeah, to ask it's, it's you at a decent. later time. <laughs> I have to ask you in a later time to explain me a little bit more on how golf works. I could I could play putt putt. Yeah, putt, definitely. <laughs> but I don't know if oh, I can really golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how much they're really similar, right? And where are you going to school at, by the way? Like, where are you getting your, uh, you know, where are you spending your last senior year at? I go to St. Anthem College. It's um, in Manchester, New Hampshire. So um, it's it's about 20 minutes away from my house. And um, they're really big on politics there. So that's really why I chose a school, because that's that's what I'm majoring in. So it's a really good opportunity. And I've um, also met a decent amount of presidential candidates that came through from the Democrat Party last year and a couple of Republicans also. So it's just politics is something that's always interests me and just meeting those candidates, no matter who they are, it's just been, you know, I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's really cool to meet some a senator or a House of Representative that, you know, I'm not meeting on a daily basis because they have their own lives and they're in Washington and stuff. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's why. And, and I'm actually only uh 15 minutes from Washington, D.C., <laughs> so um, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I think now more than ever, politics are kind of key, and I think people don't really mm-hmm. educate themselves so much around the political system, and um, I will not lie to you, right? Um, what inspired me to look into politics a little bit more is something actually recently, which is Hamilton, right? Oh, okay, um, Alexander Hamilton, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I watched it, right? My wife kind of forced me. She's like, hey, you're going to watch this musical with me? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not yeah. into musicals, but let's do it. <laughs> and um, I think the parallels of, of, a, of a person as a self being an immigrant, coming into this country, creating a way and getting into politics, and potentially almost being the next up in line to become a U.S. president is amazing and how influential he was in that period of time where war and politics were almost, you know, you know, together as one. And that's kind of very interesting to see, which made me realize what is, you know, the system, you know, what does that look like? How do you become a president? Which when you really look at what the requirements are, it's not really as much yeah. as I really thought it was. Um, yeah. But it shows you how, if these situations happen, now political party, you know, with whole politics in general, there is multiple facets, levels, dimensions, <laughs> buy-ins, friendships, hatred. You know, I think 
there's a lot of things that build it but to know that you can ha- you can potentially be a president just by fitting the needs of being 35 and being a u.s citizen um it's pretty awesome to see right because it means anybody can but i think if you have the right mindset into into politics um, and get the right people around you then you can really create a kind of a culture of trying to excel your your nation uh versus playing a party system if that makes sense right like i'm not playing i'm not in benefit of this specific party i'm in benefit of the united states and the party that represents me is the is a party that helps me relay the type of messages i'm potentially going to have so i think it's pretty cool i think we should Mm -hmm. (laughs) take that offline but it's really cool to know that that's what you're studying yeah and um you know very very interested to pick your brain later on on that so when you were doing the wide receiver, so I know what your influence were with the tight end position and getting that, but when you were a wide receiver with Ottawa, what made you choose wide receiver when you were coming into the league choosing a position? Yeah, so like you, I'm an absolute huge fan of Randy Moss. When he played with the Patriots in 07, that was one of the greatest performances in a season I've ever seen in my life. I mean, him and Tom Brady were just lights out, and no one could stop them until, obviously, the Giants did at the end, which was really, really disappointing. But um, I thought he, he so over his career when he just went up and with two defenders around him, and he just catches the ball, and it's just like, holy crap, how can someone do that? Um, another wide receiver is uh, Julian Edelman, um, this small white dude that plays slot receiver, just, you know, absolutely takes hit after hit and just gets back up and starts running down the field. Um, I think um, T.O. was another one that I really liked. Obviously, he was he had a bit of a personality like Randy Moss, but um, he was just an excellent receiver and, you know, could rarely be stopped. Yeah, I think I think those are really good influences to have around a wide receiver. Did you ever play any kind of sports or anything like that to when you were younger, like, that inspired you also to, to play any of these positions? Um, I never played football in my life. Um, I played basketball. I was a forward. Um, so I guess a forward could kind of be like a tight end, um, just because of their height and, you know, their build. Um, also, um, I played baseball. I was a shortstop and I pitched, but, um, I, I really didn't play any type of football. I mean, I played with my friends and I was, QB and wide receivers sometimes that I play with them, but I didn't play any recreational football. Well, it's it's awesome now that you're able to get to do things that you enjoy and, and being at you know a tight end and you know doing the wide receiver thing when you were in the minors. It's it's pretty great to see, right? And when you did your players, did you model any of them? So when you did the wide receiver first, and then we'll go into the tight end. When you made your build and everything like that, did you model your player after anybody? I guess Randy Moss. Um, I think I, I made my my guy a little shorter than Randy Moss. I think I was like six two or six three or something like that. Um, but I kind of wanted to be a tall receiver. Um, I didn't re- really want to be a slot type receiver. I, I wanted to have that ability just to go up there and make catches and quarterback throw high passes. Whereas a slot receiver may not have the you know, hide over some of the corners that were really tall um, in the SFLM. So I, I definitely kind of modeled my player to represent sort of the taller, taller receivers that we've seen in the past. Yeah, and I, I think uh, 
I remember there's a game that they bombed it to you. You caught it and went into the end zone. And that that game, if I remember correctly, right? I'm pretty sure my memory is right. You, that's what really stood out to me. And I remember, again, we were all scouting. So I'm over here, you know, writing to our director of player personnel, Mel Davis. And I'm like, hey, you know, have you ever checked out this guy, Benjamin Warner? Like, he's kind of been low-key killing it, right? Um, and doing very well. And that's kind of how you came in on our radar. And I thought you had a really strong player when it came down to that. Now, when you switched to tight end, what, did you choose between Gronk and, 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 and Tony Gonzalez and all these people? Or did you kind of go a different direction when it came down to that or did you try to use the same scientific method of let me just make this person as as big as I can so the quarterback has a target yeah so um I made my guy a little like six five I kind of modeled it after Gronk and and Kelsey Kelsey I know is around that height so but I went what I think I weighed 245 made my tight end that so I went a little lighter um I wasn't really kind of the blocking um, type side end. Um, uh, well, that's what I did play, but I kind of modeled after this kind of thin, leaner tight end that has speed and able to catch balls and, you know, run down the field. Yeah. I think, again, you know, it's it's so interesting to hear, like, how do you come up to... Because my player is 6'6", and the way that I built him was... Um, I looked up Tony Gonzalez, and, like, I went mm-hmm. ahead and picked... The you know size and weight and everything else from there, and that's who I model my player against. So it's very interesting that who the people you chose. I think Kelsey is such a great tight end and Kittle, right? Um, it's, oh, it's another Kittle. Really good, yeah, that's another. Yeah, one. it's a really yep. good tight end. Um, in space, and there's a couple really like for me. I'm a Washington football team fan, right? I feel weird okay. saying it, yep. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a, I am a huge fan, and uh, it was like Jordan Reed, right? Like when a tight end like like Jordan Reed would be on the field it's almost like having a like a fifth receiver right and mm-hmm. um he was really good in open space and made people miss and everything like that so that was going to be my secondary backup but I ended up going with Tony because again that connection and everything else was yeah. there so uh when you got to choose right so I know that how you you know thought about uh wide receiver and then transitioning the tight end and the the uh, uh, you know the things that inspired you with that player. Um, what did you consider? What other positions did you consider at that point in time? Was there anything else that you're like, maybe I might want to do this or that? Or um, were those two positions the key ones that you really wanted to focus on? Um, yeah, I had two more positions. I uh, had linebacker. Um, my dad played linebacker in high school. So that was trying to kind of represent that um, aspect of my life or of my dad's life. So it'd be really cool to play linebacker as my dad did. Um, secondly, I, I had cornerback, um, as much as I like, you know, receivers and tight ends, I love a shutdown cornerback like Jarrell Revis or Richard Sherman, who just absolutely gets inside the head of the quarterback and the receiver and trash talks and just, you know, makes them angry and they make interceptions or they deflect balls. Um, and you know, those, I really love shutdown corners in the NFL. Yeah. I think, um, a real shutdown corner can really change games, right? You can say that for any position, but for the defensive side, if you have a strong corner who can hold it down that you know that most of the defense can focus on the other side of the field, that's, that's it's, it's, it's such a like dimensional defense. 
and it, and it really does make a difference. So those players that you talk about, for me, you know, I grew up when I first watched it, you know, and I told you I was a Washington football fan. It, you know, it was mm-hmm. Daryl Green. And at that time when I started watching, Daryl Green was starting to get older and whatnot. And then eventually Champ Bailey came and we never really had much cornerbacks that were maybe as good as, as Champ was, honestly, for a very long time. I think we always had like fill-ins. But when you have that shutdown yeah. corner like Darrell Revis and, and those people of that sort, you really got to see how much they were able to dominate. So I, I feel you on that. And I'm actually really a huge defensive person. Um, I love defense. I think if I were to tell you like what defensive area I would say, like I told you, safety, Sean Taylor. But if that wasn't that, then it would be the edge. Um, and, you know, p- playing a defensive end is, is exciting, especially how I see like, you know, they recently got Chase Young and he already, his rookie season is already yeah. considered one of the top. So it's it's very interesting to see that, and I think that would be my next position if I didn't want to. But currently, we have two great men at that position in Duran Nuevo and and uh, Robert Breyer that I I can't right. I got to give them their 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 opportunities to shine because they've done an amazing job this season, and I can definitely see that going forward. So, um, I want to talk about your show, right? Um, yep. I want to talk about how, like, how did you come up with that concept? What, what was, like, how, how did everything come to play for you to create your show that you had? Yeah, so um, I, when I got drafted, I, I'd always been interested in do, doing some sort of podcast in the league or some type of show. Um, and I reached out to ownership and Mikey, and I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have, like, our own, like, team show that just focuses right on the team? And they said, yeah, yeah, sure. And, and I got the idea um, as a New England Patriots fan, there's a show on TV um, Monday nights called Quicksland. And they focus on the Patriots. They talk about the game, talk about the keys, you know, the weaknesses and the strengths of the team and, you know, what they did well in the last game, what they didn't. And then they go on to next week's game and talk about what are the key, you know, the essentials to win that game. And I said, hey, we, we should do something like that. So they actually told me that Khalil was someone interested in doing media for the team. And I reached out to him and we talked about it. Um, and and I also had the idea that the Quicksand show didn't have is to show, you know, the game highlights. Um, I think that's something that separated us from other shows within the league that didn't really have that highlight portion um, in the show. Um, and I thought it was really cool just to focus on our game. And I, I did have the idea to do other games um, with highlights, but the, the task of doing that, and I talked to Cam about this, he said it would be impossible to do that because you have to clip games, you have to set up scripts and stuff, and it's just too hard. So we just said, okay, let's, let's just focus on Chicago games. Obviously, every show didn't have it because it was so hard to clip YouTube when our game was on it. But when we had Twitch games, um, I would clip them and, you know, we would, you know, talk about, you know, scoring plays and big defensive plays and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it was really fun to do. Unfortunately, we had to, I couldn't do, you know, the last couple of weeks um, or month or so because school just, there was so much work in all my classes. I just didn't have time to really focus and do the show. Yeah, but again, for the time period that you did, that's where I kind of, I'm really happy to see you doing that, right? I checked it out. I watched it, right? And, it was fun, man, and, and I really wanted, if I ever got you on the show, I was like, man, I want Benjamin to really talk about that. How did that come to be? How did he get 
you know, connected it and, and the, the, the process of it. I'm so much into the process. How did this come up to be? That honestly, I'm just like, man, like, I, I always love hearing these creative stories and, and how it ended up getting to the place that it currently is now. And, and, and I think, again, for folks that didn't know, now they know. And what was the name of the show for folks to know? If they did want to check out older ones, because I know I could still find it on YouTube, correct? Yeah, um, the channel should be called Wildcat Productions. Um, the show is called Wildcat Wisdom. Um, it's something we kind of designed, me and Khalil, as, you know, this sort of, you know, wisdom of two Wildcat players about SFL-related football. So it was it was kind of a fun name to create. But, um, yeah, it's, it should be on YouTube under Wildcat Wisdom. Um, and the channel is Wildcat Productions. Nice. And um, it's kind of similar, like, what what made me want to come to this, right, inside the league, right? I, I kind of explained in the beginning of the show, even tonight, where I'm explaining that the show is honestly to get multiple inside the league, right? Like, this is inside content about Benjamin Warner. If you wanted to know, if you wanted to get to know him, and getting to see what you were able to contribute to the league, because you are contributing, right? You're creating content for Chicago play- mm-hmm. players, but also Chicago fans, that I think it's awesome to kind of share that. And Wildcat Wisdom was pretty good play all words um, and, and gave a really good insight, similar like inside the league, right? Um, yep. Now, what, what was the goal that you were trying to accomplish with that show? So, what was like, was there an end, like a future result that you were hoping to happen, or were you just trying to give information to people? Like, what what was the overall goal for that show? Yeah. So, I, I had two or three goals. Um, one of them was just to kind of create a show for the team, um, and, you know, and just have a fun time and enjoy our season and stuff like that. A second goal, I just wanted to get myself more out there. Um, I, I really was, I'm more of a quiet person on Discord. I don't really take part in the chat. So doing something like this, I can kind of get my name out there and, you know, just kind of be myself and do stuff I love um, while, you know, providing information to other people in the league. Yeah. I, I think that's a good good way for you doing so, right? Like, I've noticed with this league, I mean, we don't have agents. So you got to put yourself mm-hmm. out yep. there on your own. And when you can do something yep. like that, it, it really helps you connect. I think it's like myself, right? Like I'm not a huge gen chat person. Um, I don't really stick to myself, but it's like I choose to go in there and say what's up. And I choose not to at times, right? Just because, again, yep. there's some stuff that I, I, I personally can't feel or attach myself with because it's just like we're on two different levels and I have the right to choose the negativity, look into it, or figure out from there, right? But um, it's the same way. I think this show gives a platform for myself, too, for people to get to know me. Being a general manager, this is my now second season, or this will be my second season, right? My rookie season as a GM was last season. And there's things that I've learned and things that I looked at. And I looked at my first season very, very happy on the outcome, right? And, And I'm not talking about the stats outcome. I'm talking about the foundational outcome that i'm excited to see the pieces we add for the future i'm excited to see where we're at next season um i'm excited to grow this because i you know talking to these people who are you know owners and general managers and all that it's all about keeping a team together if you can keep a team together uh, and grow that team and cultivate that team then you will be one of those dominant teams and i always bring up uh sioux falls 
you never see anybody in Sioux Falls go free agency. No, no. I, I consider them a really quiet team. They're like, they're, they're, you know, in the record right now, they're one of the top teams in the league, but they, you never see any of them in chat. And it's, it's really funny to see that, that even though they're quiet in chat, they're one of the top teams in the league. And, and I actually respect that. Right. I mm-hmm. respect it a lot. Yeah. And they've inspired me to know the vision or type of vision I would like to bring into Portland. It's always a culture of winning. It's a culture of inclusiveness. It's a culture of supportiveness. Right. And, and it's we're doing this together. And when we do your progressions, yes, we have a direction we like to go. But it's not like you don't have a conversation with your with your you know director of player personnel. It's not like you guys are like he's like, hey, this is what it is. Put it in. He talks to you and say, "Hey, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? This is what I, I'm, I'm envisioning for X, Y, Z. What do you think? Do you think that'll work? Or what are you thinking? And bouncing ideas, right? And that's very that's rare sometimes because there's some folks in the league who are like, "Hey, it's this and this and that, and that's what I want you to put." And you don't feel like you may have the potential buy-in. Yes, the team may be successful, but you don't feel like you have that same type of a connection. So, um, I don't want to go too much on the tangent about that but again it's kind of giving that aspect of how everything kind of came to be but i want to get back to the sfl before we kind of talk about some other stuff um what did you enjoy most about the sfl uh well first obviously the show and all um being part but just being a part of a team it really didn't I don't think mattered what team I was on. Obviously, I really enjoyed Chicago, and it was just being a part of something like like the team in the majors, where you know in the SFLM we we kind of knew that you know we would we wouldn't be together again. But um, with Chicago, we were really you know a strong team, and you know we fought through a lot of adversity. Obviously, we didn't um, you know the season didn't end well. We lost a lot of games towards the end but you know I just enjoyed that team atmosphere and talking with my teammates and you know again making friends that that was key um, Mikey is I consider another great friend that I met on the team and uh, you know I met a lot of other people um, so yeah I think meeting people again was you know the, the my most favorite moment I uh, was in um, SFL just making those friendships yeah I think um Mikey is such a, a great guy. We talked about it a little bit off air, too, right? But I, I like Mikey, man. He's he's a very inspiring, uh, energetic type of person and very, mm-hmm. very positive. And, you know, in a world that isn't always positive, and even the SFL, yep. um, <laughs> SFL community that isn't all positive, right? There's a lot of positive people, a lot of people who want to make an impact. But there's also people who express themselves in a way that me personally it's not my cup of tea right like if you want to go yep, cry yep. complain do something go do that on somewhere else because i'd rather enjoy myself and escape myself using the sfl versus coming in mm-hmm. here to release energy that i mean nobody needs to see you pay money to be in this league why would you want to see me complain about something that's so irrelevant and then something maybe that i can't even change so what am i complaining about right am i just complaining just to complain but there is some folks who need that outlet so there they can leave that energy there and get back to whatever they're at so i get that that could be the case but um i think again that's that's pretty good stuff 
that you talked about, like what really you enjoy most about the league now, what has been your best SFL memory, just in general? Like, you, that's what you enjoyed, but what's something that really stands out in your SFL career? Um, I would say the draft is one of them. Um, just, you know, hearing my name up there, um, you know, it didn't matter which round it was in or where I went, but just, just hearing my name spoken by a commissioner, it was really special because I felt like I was just, you know, I'm never going to play in the NFL. I know that, but you know, it's kind of, kind of like that experience that those players feel, it's, you know, just hearing your name. Another one of them was, you know, our first, my first team win, um, and against Tulsa, um, I, you know, we had lost the week before. We got killed against Mexico City, but we, we came back in the next week fighting and playing hard. And, you know, it was it was just, you know, a great experience to enjoy my first win with my teammates. Yeah, that, that's pretty awesome, right? That your, your memory that really sticks out the most is a team win, right? Yes, there's mm-hmm. the one with your draft. And I thought this draft, see, this draft was so fun. And it was fun in multiple ways because, one, it was live. Two, it was on a national stage. Um, yep. But but the part that really, really, really um, made it the best was the engagement, right? So there's the Google, you know, situation that's happening with anybody who's on camera, right? Then there is the war room that you're in with your front office to figure out how that draft is going. Then so. With me, Mel and Jacob are really great friends of mine, right? So it's fun. Like, I'm just talking with my friends, mm-hmm. really getting that to be situated. And, um, you know, it, 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 it was an amazing experience on how that all played out. And I thought it was really well done. I know it was a lot of work for Cam, and it was kind of inconsistent with the video because that was all based on our internet connection. But it played out so wonderfully. And that's awesome that that was part of your memory because the thing that was most memorable about that is how that all came to be and how that was on a national stage. So congratulations for being drafted um, because not everybody could have said that, right? Now, mm-hmm. going yeah. to your Ottawa team that you were with, what was the best memory with them? Uh, you know, I, I again, I have two. Um, one of them was a semifinal game when Art made that unbelievable diving catch to you know, steal the victory for us as Amy Shulizzi kicked the game-winning field goal. You know, just you know, just seeing another one of my teammates make a big play like that, I was jumping up, screaming everywhere. I was, my parents were like so confused, and I'm just like, <laughs> my my teammate Art just made a hell of a catch, and they're like, oh okay, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. That's awesome. um, but yeah, and then another one was, you know, even though we lost in the championship, I, I just it was. You know, being a part of that first SFL M championship, you know, win or lose, you know, at least I made it there with my teammates. And, you know, we lost, but we had a good time. And, you know, it came down to the end, just like most of our games throughout the season. And, um, you know, but we just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get through. But, you know, it was fun, though. Yeah. And that's awesome, right? Like I said, having those moments and, and shout outs to Art, right? Art's with the Portland Fleet. So shout mm-hmm. out to him. Yep. Um, but yep. that is such a memorable catch that it's amazing. I'm really excited to see what in season two of the SFLM will be that defining moment. But I feel for many that art catch was a defining moment, not just for you, of course, for the whole league and for basically setting the stage because Annapolis, which is my my old team, right, which always will be a strong supporter of my navigators. 
it, it mm-hmm. is honestly that was the dagger, right? But yeah, it's it's a lot of respect, <laughs> and it created that rivalry. Which, spoiler, if you didn't see Annapolis won uh, yeah. his first game yeah. uh, against a good yeah. Ottawa team, but um, mm-hmm. you know, again, you guys have established a rivalry because of Art's last catch. I think that's always going to be a rivalry that's like. I don't like you because of that one catch that happened a season ago. So um, really good stuff. So what have you learned so far? So as your experience of being a non-contracted player, being a rookie again, and then going into the majors, what can you say you have learned while being in this league? Yeah. So um, I've always been interested in scouting um, and stuff like that. So, I learned a little bit about it from um, Alan and, you know, what what's important and what's not. And, you know, I helped with Ottawa um, Scout, and that, that's been one of the things. And also patience. Um, you know, the league is – there's so many things happening. You just got to be patient. Um, you know, I was a little disappointed that – I'm not going to lie – that I didn't end up going in the first couple of rounds, and I had to wait to the supplements of, uh, draft. But at the same time, I just – I knew my time would come, you know, whenever that would be. I know uh, some people didn't get drafted and all, and, you know, they're playing in the SFLM now, and their time is going to come. So I think just yeah. having that patience and, and just making sure that, you know, it, it, your chance will come. And, um, you know, I've, I was fortunate enough to get picked in this uh, sixth round, but, you know, that that's patience is key. Yeah, I think, I think that's great advice, too, for rookies. I did want to ask you some advice for rookies, but I think just in general, that message is really huge, right? Um, we all do, right? Like, we all want to be that top player. Like, you want Number to be one pick, yeah. yeah. Yep. But at the same yep. time, too, everybody matters in every round. And mm-hmm. you being that impactful player for, you know, Chicago, it, it, it doesn't go unnoticed, right? So I think, again, but sharing that, right, the kind of the patience and the things you have to go through, when you're going through the draft, I think is 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 a good viewpoint to kind of share with people. Now, do you have any vi- any advice for rookies coming into this league? Right, we got the SFLM starting. You've been in that shoes before. Um, would there be any advice that you would give to people coming who are in the SFLM now uh, to give them advice going into the majors? Yeah, um, the thing I would say most is just reach out to owners or GMs. Um, I think it's really important. That's something I did. Um, and if you're not, you're not, you know, talkative in the SFLM general chat or just the regular general chat, just DM an owner, strike a conversation with them. It doesn't have to be, you know, you know, I want to get drafted by you or I want to get on your draft board, but just make connections. Like you said before, it will lead down later down on the line. Um, you know, maybe seasons, a couple seasons later, you might be going to that team. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think that's the most important. Um, just reaching out to general managers or owners and getting your name out there and, you know, making those connections. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing, right? Like I told you, you don't have a, an agent. <laughs> so there's no agent. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, don't worry yep. about it. I'm going to talk to these teams and this is what they're offering, blah, blah, blah. You are your own agent. And I know players expect owners to to reach out. And each situation is different, right? Like for looking in the front office side, you know, we in, in my first season, right, it was a little difficult to talk to everybody because there were so many rookies and we had 
uh, multiple positions to fill. So mm-hmm. I'm always in the in the category of talk to as many people as possible because the outcome of what you're looking for is more, right? Like the it, it's just statistics. The more attempts, the more opportunities at bat, right? So the way yep. that I felt was the more people I talked to, the more I got to know them to see if they were part of that core values that we believed in as the Portland fleet and then bring them into the organization. Now, if we didn't get to choose you or, or in that situation, again, we were trying to think what was best for the foundation of our future, right? Being the mm-hmm. first team and everything else. But now looking into this new season and realizing, hey, we don't, it's not as much intensive work of creating and talking that I think we're able to get a little bit more detail. But I think that's a great advice to do is, hey, you don't know what's on those those teams' plates. So if you really want to get yourself out there, just strike a conversation. And I think another good point that you brought up is don't be like, hey, I'm going to be your blah, 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 and I'm going to be the next blah, 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 whatever that is, right? You got mm-hmm. you're the, you're a person, right? In a who's representing a player who's in this game, so your development and everything else will eventually happen. I think it's more about the connection piece and then how you're able to have that, right? Outside of just playing this video game, right? It's do you yep. enjoy the what you talk to? Do you enjoy what they do? Do you have common ground? And at the end of the day, do you see a future with them? And do they support you back and see a future in you? And I think that's kind of critical, right? Is it's being in this league, you got to have those relationships. And as a general manager, I feel that it's my job as well to not represent myself, but to represent the Portland fleet in a way that professionalism, because if you speak to me, I'm always a very professional, respectful person. And mm-hmm. yep. if, if I see something, I always will reach out to you and say, hey, great job on this or great job here, or blah, 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 right? And it's, again, kind of things that you need in this league. Uh, but I think those are great advice to give. And I wanted to share it with you as well and anybody who's listening that also what you're saying is 100% true. And be humble, not humble, but, you know, just be yourself because you're going to yep. spend every week, one day a week, one day a week at least with these people. And you want to make sure it's it's some you're really going to enjoy that. And this season for us, the way we were able to share that with the rest of our teammates was so much fun. I, I've, I've connected with every single one of my players, and it has been not just a, you're a player on Portland Fleet, but hey, you are part of our history, and at the end of the day, we're going to make success, and we're going to do great things. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, right, last thoughts. Um, I'm going to roll out the red carpet, you know, the floor is yours. Um, you know, if you, there's anything you want to share, Anything you want that maybe I didn't talk about or maybe your Discord name, right? Um, ways that people can connect with you if they do want to talk to you about, hey, how did you get in the league or X, Y, Z, your experiences. Go ahead. The floor is all yours, Benjamin. Yeah. So first of all, again, thank you for the opportunity of being on your show. Um, like I said, I really enjoy it and I'm honored to be here. Um, you know, my Discord name is Benjamin Warner. Um, you can reach out to me at Rookies if you have any questions or, you know, just want to make connections or just talk. Um, I'm, I'm there. Um, you know, I may not respond right away because school is busy and all, but I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. Um, you know, I, I just want to give a shout out to Cam Irvine, too, um, because the, the product he's created um, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and the, what he's done with the SFLM is 
it's crazy, you know, having all these players and then allowing them to be drafted. Um, you know, that that was that's something that, you know, you don't see anywhere else um, other than yeah. the NFL, obviously. But just for simulation, simulation football, esports, I mean, it's 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 amazing what he's done. So, um, but yeah, I just I really enjoyed my first season in the SFL. Um, and yeah, I again, thank you for having me on your show. It's not a problem. You know, it, you were such a great person you know, throughout the whole draft process and getting to know you, you know, it's honestly the pleasure is all mine for having you here, right? And I know the outcome wasn't what you wanted with Chicago, right? I'm pretty sure you were hoping for kind of like that same story in Ottawa, getting into the championships and yeah, you know, being yeah. part of that, that, that type of situation. But again, you know, us talking and us even getting to know each other now where I'm, you know, off air, we'll talk about politics and you can kind of explain to me more around that and maybe some golf because I have no idea, like I said, yep. about the whole handicap stuff. It's it's awesome that you took the time to do this. I know you have a busy schedule with school, so I appreciate it, right? And um, I really hope that you have an amazing off season, right? Um, you have what? I think we have until December, right, for <laughs> that to happen. And uh, for me, it's going to be a mix of the real world with work because it's the holidays and I work in retail, so you can just put those two two um, together. It's gonna be busy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, enjoy your off season. Really get that. You know, I'm very excited to see um, just how your career grows and how where you know it leads you to. I hope to see you back on a show eventually when things end up being a little bit calmer. And you know, early good luck to for that paper that you're creating for the Afghanistan education system. Very interested to hear you your take on that as well on a, on another time. But thank you again, Benjamin. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful night, okay? Thank you very much, Nelson. You too. All right. So thank you, Benjamin, for stopping by. I appreciate it. Um, I do now. Looks like somebody slid into um, the show tonight. So in true fashion... I'm going to make the call to my compadre, my um, director of player personnel, my offensive coordinator, my middle linebacker, Mel Davis. Mel, how you doing? Hola, como estas, mi amigo? How are you? <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. <laughs> you know. All right, you know, all right, all right, all right. You know and everything I've else. Got you said, I've done my job already, so it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. You know, it's it, I, I had a challenging day today, but at the end of the day, like I told you, it, this is my relief. This is my way to, de- as my wife likes to say, decompress, but decompose. She likes to say decompose. I'm sorry. I say decompress, decompress but, um, you know, this is giving me an opportunity to really share myself and, and kind of get escaping from whatever I'm going through and share it with some great people. So thank you for joining me tonight. As always, uh, you definitely deserve Mel, Mr. Consistent Davis, but that'll be for another time, maybe selling that that nickname. But, um, you know, we finished the season, right? The season's now done for us. It's in the books Um, now, right? It's in the books now. And um, I kind of want to do tonight – a little bit of a reflection, right? The reflection of yeah. this season that just passed. 
um, your thoughts. Um, and, you know, again, I always want to recognize players on our team. So some recognition as well, players that really made an impact this season for us, who um, who really, really, really created that stepping stone in the in that foundation that we've been we were planning from the beginning of the season. So uh, what has tell us what your thoughts were of the season? Well, I mean, one thing to remember, this season, it's funny you say that because uh, when you talk about the season, you automatically probably want to go straight to game one through game 12. But the reality is the season started just like it's starting right now, the off season, which started way back, you know, before the summertime and all the effort and time and energy we put into preparing to draft our team. As I sit here right now talking with you, I had you in my ear, and I've got the Memphis-Tacoma game on. <laughs> oh, maybe you can give us a real-life score right I'm, now. I'm watching, I'm watching this game and scouting players and just keeping an eye on talent, man, because this, is, this season never really ends. It just starts at a different time period. So, yeah, Tacoma right now, it looks like Tacoma-Memphis. Memphis is at home. They're up 24-7 to over Tacoma. It's been a good game. Uh, Memphis has got a really, really, you know, good offense. Tacoma struck first, though. They had a nice drive coming down the field to start the, the game off. But as you well know, um, this game is a funny game because it's a game of entry. You know, yeah. one, one catch that's two inches short of a first down or a ball that's tipped in the air. So, oh, that's exciting. It's good to see new talent out on the field and, uh, new coaches and offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and, and guys just giving me a chance to put things to the test, man, and um, having a greater appreciation for this SFLM. I think it's a great idea. It's a great product. Um, I'd like to see it continue to grow bigger and stronger um, because I think, you know, it really changes the dynamics of our league school SFL for which, you know, I've been a part now coming up on a year in December but from talking with some of the older uh, players and coaches and owners. It has been something that didn't really have this type of element to look at. I kind of look at the SFLM. We call it a minor league, but I look at it like a college league, you know. And uh, These guys are in college and they're developing and they're trying to make it big to, to where we all are. And uh, It's just exciting to watch. It, it just gives you something to, to to keep an eye on as far as the guys that are getting ready to come in. But, so anyway, yeah. our season starts with that. And, you know, already, t- you know, taking the time to put together your players you want to talk to, the guys you want to keep an eye on, draft boards, you know all of it. We sat and did it together last year. And the funny thing is we enjoyed that just as much as we enjoyed the season. You know, the funny part, too, is, this is your time of year, man. As a GM, this is where you start to get fired up, you know, and you put your player in the locker for a little while and it's time for you to get to work. For me, you know, my player's in the locker and uh, time for me to help you get to work and where, you know, capacity you need my help in, and, you know, and, and talking with Art and Jacob and uh, organization just never sleeps. That's really the take home message. You know, we had a interesting season, uh, I feel like we had a uh, a learning season. It was a season of of challenge, as well it should have been. But I don't know about you, 
but I feel like I learned so much. I learned so much. I, I came in a rookie coordinator, uh, and I had the opportunity per, you know, uh, our owner, Jacob, who put his confidence in me as a rookie to come in and, and give a crack at this. And, and, and I learned a lot, man. There, there are things that I would share with anybody else who's getting ready to do this. And, and let them know they may want to consider, you know, certain things and, and let other things go, but yet giving guys the freedom to kind of paint their own picture because that's really what it's all about, man, giving guys the freedom to, to create their success for themselves as well as their team. So as the season progressed, obviously, you know, we talked about being able to compete, right? That was our primary goal last year, just be competitive in this league. And I think we showed moments of that. I know we did. I don't think. I know we did. We we had moments. You know, you highlight our first game against a very, very tough and strong organization in Sioux Falls. These guys have been together forever, you know, which speaks to their organization in the context of keeping continuity and players and not having a high turnover rate. That's valuable. And that's something that, I know we have talked and Jacob and I have talked and really all three of us have talked about in creating that continuity. And I, and I pray that's something that, you know, we have done as we get ready to go into free agency, you know, and, and have, you know, the majority of our team coming back prayerfully. We'll see. Time will tell as guys make decisions going forward. But all that being said, um, a lot of hard work doing that that culminated in the season that was, uh, a learning season, but we called it what? Building blocks. You know, you got to have a foundation under your team, and I really believe we've done that this year. So, uh, as, as a player and a coach, I'm excited for the off season. Uh, I enjoy that just as much. We talked about that too when, you know, we would play other simulation football games outside of SFL. Sometimes, man, I would fast forward through the season, you know, simulate the season just to get to the off season start looking at guys you could draft and improve your team with. So it's a fun time of the year. And um, we, we had a challenge, and I think we came out uh, on top in the context of creating a strong locker room, strong friendships with the people that we have uh, coached and played with and uh, looking forward for a really, really bright future. And the best part, Nelson, is, we're no longer the rookie team. <laughs> we are now can call ourselves a veteran team. I know it's only a season and there are belts, man, but boy, oh boy, does it feel good to say, you know, mission completed, survive your first season. Uh, we had hoped for 10 times better results, but sometimes those results come in different packages. They don't always come in wins and losses, and we talk about that too. So um, we, we, we had a, a good first run. We're looking for a great second run and a lot of off-season work to be done in terms of uh, signing and re-signing and whatever have you, how that flows and unfolds and most importantly um, evaluating this new talent. Because I'm sitting here tonight you know, it's a Friday night, the season's supposed to be over, I'm supposed to be doing something else than sitting here evaluating talent for the incoming class, you know. So, all good things, yeah. man. All good things. As far as highlighting our players, you know me. I, I, I really believe that teamwork makes that dream work. And, and, and we have some really great guys. I'll highlight the guys based upon this. And I'll say, you know, as we kind of go through our team, let's start with that defensive line. I love to see the growth 
that um, our defensive linemen had this year. I mean, I think we have one of the best defensive lines in this league. I think we're going to continue to if these guys stick together. Uh, Duran Nuevo came on strong at the end of the year, man. And all of a sudden, he was really starting to get the quarterbacks and, and causing pressure. Um, so it was great to see him start to stand out. Uh, on, the, on his other side, his other bookend, Robert Brower, say no more. I mean, the guy is continuing to grow, and, and he too started to show out towards the end of the season, picking up a sack here and there. Um, the middle of that line goes without saying. You know, we, we got Big Bernie, my man Gary Bernie, who is continuing to grow and step up in a way that uh, we knew he would. And, and who's his running mate? The vice president, VP, Bernard Patterson. This guy is doing the same thing, you know. And, and being the director of player personnel for our team, I, I, I get to see all that because I get to talk to the guys about how they want to grow and, and, and give advice. And we kind of go back and forth about how that development should be and to see them start to turn that proverbial corner, man. I'm, I'm blown away, you know. I'm really blown away. And then you step into your next rank, right? You've got your, your linebacker core. That goes without saying. Um, and thankful the veteran leadership that they brought to our team and, and given that stability, uh, these guys have already grown. You know, they're sitting here providing that leadership to make sure that that front line continues to do their job. But then you branch into that secondary, the no-fly zone. Look, Derek Majors, everybody knows the man. You know, they already got commercials on TV with him, right? He's, he's out there doing things that are just amazing. And, and to watch him come up and grow, uh, and, and really specifically, this guy has become a premier tackler. And he does not – he doesn't back off. He might be a, a, a smaller corner, but he, he's got the heart of a lion. He comes up like a superhero and just takes down ball carriers like it's nobody's business. He's been against guys, what, 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six on average, 6'5", something like that. Uh, his, his runner mate on the other side, Chris Scott. Chris had, had to go back and tally the number of picks he had um, in terms of how he played and, and making sure guys had to be careful of him, right? You know, yeah. and that, that, that was impressive. Uh, and then you know our safeties. You know, you got Dakota. I think it was one of the best free safeties in the league, and it's funny because when we drafted him, there was a lot of commentary out there about why would they pick that guy? Well, obviously, I think he proved why we would pick him because of the way he played. Um, yeah. And his running mate, I call him the hammer, man. He, Lord have mercy, he comes up and just lays into people. He's like a, a, a fourth linebacker out there, Shot Allen. And he just has no mercy on guys. I'll never forget, and you, you chime in, please. I don't want to take your show. But when he had that play, where he tipped the ball in the air and caught it himself and ran him back for a touchdown was like, you've got to be kidding me. The guy tips the ball, catches the ball, and then returns it into, turns it into a, a, a pick six. You know, that, that was crazy. Yeah. And that was just pure craziness, you know, to see that. So yeah. that defense is growing. It's going to be awesome, I believe, next year. So I'm excited to see how they continue to develop and being a part of that defense, prayerfully providing the leadership that, that I should be providing as a, as a veteran player and a middle linebacker will, will help uh, our defense and, and, and continuing to be strong. Offensively, yeah. 
that's what I was saying. Our wide receivers, love them to death. You know, Mean Gene, uh, Gene Valentine is, is, is going to be an amazing player. He had some great plays this year. Watched him develop. And one of the biggest things he talked about when he came in was, hey, man, I want to be able to catch that ball and tip it to that sideline and not keep running out of bounds. And I think he accomplished that uh, this year. So he's going to continue to grow. And everybody knows Art. Lord, Art, Art's like the second commissioner of the league. You say Art Vanderlei, everybody knows the man. So he, he's one of those likable people. And um, watching his player come on, and I was just listening. Benjamin was talking about Art laying out for that catch. Art had an amazing play. If you remember that first game he won against Houston on that uh, late drive, the first late drive, he's the one that scored the touchdown as he tippy-toed the back of the end zone to get us seven points to put us back in that game before the man, Mr. Weston, Connor steps up and catches, you know, the pass that pretty much, um, you know, put us, put us in the lead, if I recall correctly, or tied it. I don't recall which one it was, but what an amazing game that was, you know. Um, led by the veteran leadership of our quarterback, Matt South. Matt had a tough year, but, I, you know, everybody wants to talk about how Matt's been around. He's a veteran. And I kind of viewed Matt in a different way. I said, you know, it's not fair to – say, well, Matt's been in the league, and, and now he's back. And he was, grant you that. But he didn't come back with any of his animations. Matt comes back as a, a strict gold player. And, and, and I think sometimes we over – I think we give too much credence to the, the bronze, silver, gold thing. And that's just me, so no disrespect to anyone. But I feel like once these guys get to those levels and start to develop their player specifically with their animations is when the league – goes to another level. So to me, Matt was a rookie quarterback, and I know he didn't, you know, he had years prior to playing with us, but in my eyes, he was a rookie quarterback. And going forward, as he's developed and grown and picked up some of his animations again, I think we see a different Matt South next year, you know, and uh, Matt's a excellent, a great locker room guy, man. He comes in and he's just always there for the fellas, even though he's at work. Matt's logging in just to say, hey, guys, I'm here. And that's what I expect out of a quarterback. And I, I know you do as well. Um, so somebody who's going to bring that leadership to the locker room and, um, you know, allow us to, to be able to, to converse and, and bounce off each other. And nobody can forget Big John. I call him Big John because, to me, he reminds me of one of my favorite players uh, for the Washington football team way back in the day when they had a different name. And that was John Riggins, you know, the – the big man, you know, Rigo, as they called him, and uh, Diesel. He was like a big, you know, heavy truck. He had a great year. It's nice to see him grow and get better, but nobody can beat Mr. Positive in the locker room either. You know, nobody can. So, all in all, Nelson, I know I've kind of covered this whole team and tried to give that analysis of the fellas, but you know me, it's all about the team. It's all about the players. It's all about them, you know, believing in the process and trusting the process and, allowing us to give the best we could as coaches to establish the, the best scenario we could to bring wins. And truth be told, to bring two wins out of our first year, I think was a major accomplishment for a team that was predominantly rookie-based, sprinkled with a few veterans that, um, you know, brought as much stability as they took to the table and, and, and experience, like Frank Champion. And Frank told us, he said, hey, it's going to turn, guys. Just hang in there, stay calm, be patient. It will come. He said, I've been through it before. I see how it works. And although it's frustrating at times, you have to be patient and, and walk through that process. So 
that's that's my take, man. That's my take of our team, our season. I'm looking to uh, bring all those guys back prayerfully. We'll see. Time will tell. As they make decisions about their SFL careers, which is another exciting aspect of this league. It's uh, you know, it's a short short season. It feels long at first, but it's gone in no time. And each one of these guys can move on if they choose. So that makes yeah. the challenge. Uh, very, very, very uh, high hill to climb. But that's why we have you, because you're the GM. You're the man that makes <laughs> yeah. sure people stay around. You're the man that, that is making sure that, you know, life is good and these guys have all that they need and want, that prayerfully when the season's over, they feel like, hey, I want to stick with this team. But we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. As all these teams in the league will have to wait and see after the playoffs and, and, uh, and see how things unfold. But, um Praying that you know we'll have you know excellent excellent uh, retention rate uh, and we you know looking at teams like Sioux Falls that would be an amazing thing to accomplish too. Uh, I'll yeah. figure out. You know. Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty good in a nutshell kind of speaking about all the situations that's happened in Portland. I think it's it's huge that retention rate, right? When I came in and I got this position, I said retention rate was going to be a huge focus for me. And uh, player satisfaction was going to be key for me. And um, truth behold, when we see what it ends up being after, you know, the playoff games and everything else, I think if we can keep most of our players, then we're moving in the right direction, right? I I think comparing to Sioux Falls, who never nobody ever goes into free agency, with Sioux Falls and you can see every season they're so consistent with getting themselves into the playoffs into a championship game like it, it's it's huge and they were the contenders last season you know against uh the Atlanta Swarm so it's again something to inspire to be in, and it definitely falls in the vision that we're, we want to have now as a GM I feel like again you need to think about these things. I always mention, you know, to try to give words the wisdom of those players who want to be a GM one day. You have to think about it, right? Like, I understand this is a game and everything like this, but you have to represent yourself in a professional manner. You have to think of your organization as an organization that and a brand that you have to protect. And I'm going to tell you, correct. branding is really huge. I, you know, speaking with... Uh, Cameron Curtis of, you know, of the Fort Worth Toros last time, we spoke a lot about branding. And um, I think that's such a huge thing to really talk about because you have to protect yourself. You know, I I, I take this with pride and, and I treat my players with respect. And that's a huge thing for me, right? This is, yes, a video game, right? Um, it's a simulation, but it's real. And if you can't represent yourself yeah, yeah. in that light to treat people with respect, humility um be straightforward be humble i think i think it, it's just hogwash right like i've seen some things from front office staff that i i personally don't agree with um i'm not a fake person never will be never plan to be on myself whether i'm on here you meet me in person or whatever the case may be but that's i carry myself that way because that's real leadership right um we have real leadership we might not have the wins, but we have real leadership, leaders who are supportive, leaders who are understanding, leaders who can articulate a plan and then share that plan with their players so our players don't feel like they're outside the loop. 
And um, I, I say that, right, because I think, again, you got to take that GM title serious. If you have a, a, a title in this league and a part in an organization, then you need to take that crap serious. Excuse me, but it's you gotta so respect true. It. You got to respect, you respect it. it. You really do. Don't, don't take it for granted. Respect it. And like you said, you're representing a brand. You're representing a team. You're representing that owner who, who put that privilege in your hand. It's not a right. It's, it, you know, it's a privilege that a person who has been, you know, fortunate enough to become an owner in this league and that is asking you to take part in their organization, which, you know, hopefully they're asking you to consider it your organization. You know, I look at Jacob, uh, you know, who's really become a really good friend of mine and yours as well. And where do we all start? We met as friends, you know, back last year. And for him to, to give the confidence, all of us being rookies, to extend that confidence to myself as an OC and, and, and you and, and, and as a GM and, and, and Art on our team to be a part of that, he makes all of us feel a part of this organization. It's, we are the free, you know, yeah. not one individual, but everyone. So you have to respect it. It's, if you respect it, you'll, you'll take care of it. And, uh, and you'll represent it in the correct manner. And I think that flows down to the players who see that. And then they, you know, hopefully do the same thing. And then yeah. you, you, you give yourself a good reputation in this league because, yeah, you're right, it's a video game. And these are pixel players on our screen. But there's people behind those pixel players. Yeah. You know, integrity is key, man. It is such an important part of this that um, – if you don't respect it, then you lose your integrity, and then you're out. You're done. You might still be running around the field, but, you know, once the word's out on, on, on guys or gals that don't respect what they have, yeah, the gig is up. You, know, yeah. you, can, you can be out as fast as you came in. Good friend of mine always says, grand opening, grand closing. You yeah. So. And, and that's what I, I, you know, I share so passionately about this. You know I take that serious, and I'll never talk to any of my players or anybody outside of the league in any type of manner because I don't expect that from me, right? Like, I won't do that to you. Don't do that to me. And um, recent events, right, multiple recent events in this league have made me realize that I'm doing the right things. I'm moving in the right direction. I'm bringing my brand as a GM to the table, and I'm showing people why I deserve to be a GM. I told you that. I wanted to, and this is for any listener, anybody that's talking, I always want to make Portland a destination for people to come to. That's what a real GM yeah, does, said right? That in the beginning, didn't it? Yeah, you're, yep. you're a wall-to-wall. You're the backbone. You work with the owner. You work with your coaches. You work with director of player personnel. You work with everybody. You make sure players are happy. And if players aren't happy, then you need to grow up and figure out why they aren't happy and why your brand sucks. If you're not listening to why people think you're – organization or yourself is 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 not up to par then are you challenging yourself to do that or are you just going to have an issue and again you know I don't want to rant so much I do want to share how much I take pride in this in this job and how much I take pride in my players and you know share key things I you know I write to our players I I try to stay in communication not just as a GM but as a person and ask how they're doing you know and we have our off season already up. So I, I've reached out to a couple of players just to be like, Hey, how's everything? How's the kids? How's this? How's that? What's going on here? You know, 
because right, it, right, it means right. a lot more to me than just saying, "Hey, you're 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 one of my players," and you know, you you paid, yes, but you're you you're paying to be on this field. No, you're paying for an experience, okay? And if well, I can't provide that experience, you know. Yeah, if I can't if I can't bring you that experience, I can't make you feel like you want to be part of this organization, then we will fail. And we will be grabbing at the strings to try to get players to come here versus people who want to come here for the right reasons because they listen to the show, they hear what our values are. We have values here. Um we stick to them very well. Um and it's it, we've always had a collaborative mindset with everybody. That again you rarely find and we we know the goal is the championship and the players that are here know the goal is the championship like the goal is consistency competitiveness every single time and you know i'm very excited to see who stays for those players that if they do decide to to part us they will always be part of portland and they will always be welcome yeah, because they were part of a, a team that it came into the league you know they'll always have that place uh on our team uh, because they were part of the original group, right? That make all the difference and whatever ends up happening, I, I want those players to know that they'll always have a home here in Portland. There's no animosity or whatever the case may be. They were All of our players were transparent. So we, if we're to expect anything, it's not anything that they might have not mentioned in the past, right? Um, but I mm-hmm. love that. And I, love, and, I, and I really want players to understand that, you know, again – you pay for what you want and you have your goals and I respect that, but you're never going to be forgotten or talked down upon um, and be respected. Like you show the respect for us. And that's that brand. And that's that level that I don't feel maybe everybody's on trying to think of this. And, you know, they want to be just strategic in the game. Hey, I got to get this player and this player and this player because they're strategically, I want to win. But if you're always out changing out these chess pieces because you don't know how to run an organization, you don't know how to have that mindset of player retention, you don't have that mindset of, hey, how do I look outside of the league, right? What is my perception of my organization to to others, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't work with people and get to know people and make them feel inclusive in this space, then that's where you're going to fail because you're not – you're not allowing that to happen. And I always said the people that want to be here are going to be here. We're going to build this together. And the people that we have, the intent is to keep you here so we have consistency, so we have um, predictability, right? We know each season we're going to be competitive. And we'll see We'll see how you're right. This is your, your and mine's favorite time of the year. It's almost like Christmas. Um, knock on wood because Christmas is around the corner. So for me... <laughs> It's always busy, um, but again, you know, this this is definitely our time, and I just wanted to share that because these are things that we're reflecting on season fifteen, and that's what I take pride in. That's what I do. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. And you know, to let people know, I'm not fake, and I will never be fake. And if you know you're a fake person, trust me, you lost my respect. Um, and in that that yeah. situation. Don't just don't talk to me. You know what I'm saying? We don't have nothing in common. If you're fake, you can't be genuine. You have to hide behind a title or hide behind an image that you want to have. Cool. Do your thing, but just don't include me in it because I'd rather be with people who are genuine, who want to work off of each other. And again, we may have different viewpoints, but you being genuine and sharing that and telling and, and knowing what to predict, I appreciate that more than anything. But uh, do you have anything else to share before we bring our guests? Because I do have uh, my second guest ready to go, 
Is there anything else you want to okay, share with the okay, fans, okay. with the players, no, man, or anybody I, I else? I appreciate the opportunity to be on again tonight, brother. Appreciate having a chance to, to chop it up with you and you know, give you points. And uh, hopefully the folks out there listening enjoy hearing us go back and forth. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. proud to be a part of this. Thankful to be a part of it. And looking forward to um, the sophomore year, if you want to consider that, uh, as a part of this, this organization. And we take that next critical step and put some more building blocks up under us foundationally so that we can um, keep reaching for that goal, man, and that's that championship. And we will get there. Uh, but it's, yeah. we realize it's going to take time and hard work and, and dedication from everybody involved. So. Appreciate you, brother. You know, uh, be good. Stay safe. Be blessed uh, to you and everybody else out there. And um, I'll catch you next time we get together. All right? I'll catch you then. Have a good night, man. All right, man. Be good now. Take care. Hey, prayers up to the family, too. All right? I appreciate that, man. I really do. And, you know, uh, I appreciate the wise words you gave me earlier today. So thank you again. Yes, sir. We're here for each other, man. You take it easy now. All right, now. You too. All right. So thank you again to Mel dropping in, welcoming us to the shipyard and sharing some of the off-season ideas and how our season went and giving you the viewpoint of what to expect from your Portland team and understand that your Portland organization has standards, has values, understand who the people behind it and who make that Portland fleet front office. So thank you, Mel, again. I do want to introduce my guest. Defensive end for the Chicago Wildcats. It must be a Wildcat night. Uh, Khalil K.T. Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, uh, this week uh, or this day has not been the best day for me. But like I was talking about earlier in the show, this gives me an opportunity to decompress and focus around something that I truly enjoy, which is the SFL. And uh, I want to thank you, right, because you made some adjustments. You put a baby to sleep to make sure you were here. Um, <laughs> so I do want to say thank you for that. And uh, I, I really do appreciate that that um, that adjustment that you made um, to be here. So thank you. Not a problem, not a problem. You just put a baby to bed. My wife and I just brought a house today, so it's been it's been a busy day. Oh wow! In this household. <laughs> Congratulations! You know, hearing this good, what that good news, um, yeah, it does make my day a little bit better, um, because I love to hear when people are doing well. Right now, it's it's such a difficult time with COVID, and um, that if you're able to get something of that sort to happen, buying a home is such a huge thing. That uh, if you were able to do that recently, well, congratulations, um, and uh, and that's an amazing story to share tonight. I, hopefully, that's not the fun fact of the day, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, congratulations on your new home. Thank you, I really do appreciate it. My wife is very excited right now, <laughs> <laughs> as she should be, as she should be, because getting your this is your first home, correct? Yes, yes, first one. All right, so just having that experience. And um, and it basically, you know, you're doing something so huge. Awesome job. Thank you for sharing. Uh, definitely do appreciate it. So um, what exactly, let's start with you. Like, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, who is Khalil Thomas? KT. 
Uh, well, KT is uh, born and raised New Jersey. Um, like I said, wife, uh, eight-month-old daughter, very happy about uh, that. And um, When I'm not on the field in the league, I'm a fourth-grade teacher. Uh, so that's what I do on my day job. I'm a fourth-grade teacher. And, uh, you know, essentially just, just living the best life possible. Like you said, you know, current situation is not exactly ideal in the world and everything. But you always try to have fun and try to make the best of each day, and that's kind of what I try to do and, and everything I do. I try to – project that on my family, my students, and pretty much everyone I come in contact with. That's awesome. You know, uh, another, I guess you just chock full of, you know, recognition, right? It's awesome, right? I, I respect teachers so much. And if you decide to mold fourth graders, you even have more of my respect, right? Um, I think <laughs> yeah. the lower you go, the more my respect level goes up because my, I, I used to take care of my niece. My niece was a kindergartner, right, when she was here, pre-K, kindergarten. In her first grade, she had them all with me. We, we were watching her while um, her mother was in the military. And I'm going to tell you, I sat in those classes, me and these teachers, right, pre-COVID, of course. And I was just like, man, if you're dealing with these kids all day, you know, major respect. Because <laughs> my niece could be a handful, and that's just one kid. If you got ten kids, fifteen kids in the in a in the classroom, and you're able to not go crazy, you you know what you deserve that respect. And to mold young minds, I'm gonna tell you, an impactful teacher really makes a difference. Um, I had some impactful teachers in my lifetime. You know, even in elementary school, I had a teacher who came in early to school to help me catch up with reading, like. She didn't have to, right? School starts at, at, I think at that time, either 7 or 8, right? Um, And she came in at 6 a.m. I'm coming at 6 a.m., right, with the janitors and everything for her to take her time to sit down with me to teach me to read better. And I think that's, and I think that's, in the profession itself, is kind of lost. I feel like, you know, there are days where I'm just like, okay, this, like, I have, like, my first year teaching a couple years ago, I had 26 kids my first year. Oh, wow. And you get to that that brick wall of like, okay, well, like, what do I have? But you, you hear a story like you just told, and it it kind of shows that there are still teachers who are gonna like, um, I'll 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 drop anything to help a kid out, and make yeah. sure that they understand what they're doing, make sure that they're getting it, and, and make sure that that they're successful. And I feel like the big thing with teaching is letting the kids know I'm here for you. Like I'm not here for me. Like I don't get paid a ton. So obviously I'm here because I want to be here, not because I have yeah. to be here. Or essentially, yeah, I, w- I want to teach you, so I'm ready to do whatever it takes. And obviously, your teacher you had was really the same thing, coming early. And that's that's something that you don't see a lot in the profession anymore. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of unhappiness, and yeah. unfortunately, it's kind of taken out on the kids as well. Yeah, I know. And like I said, there, there's been a couple teachers from elementary school, uh, not so much middle school. But high school, there was some. There's some teachers that will forever, forever have my respect from high school, as well as the teacher who in elementary school, because again, you were trying to make me catch up, so I wasn't left behind, and that helped me out a lot as a kid. But there were some teachers in high school that went above and beyond, above and beyond, um, to ensure that I stayed on the right path because I was a knucklehead as a, as a teenager. To stay on the right path to, to do that. So you being a teacher, I know 
we're focusing a lot on teachers, but I do want to recognize <laughs> for for that because you're right, you don't get paid that much, which I think is it's it's an issue on its own. Um, but if you really have a passion for scoping scoping minds and doing that at such a young age, I commend you. And I do want to take that time to recognize that because it's it's not an easy job. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. And are you dealing with Zoom calls in your area? I know each state is a little different. I know most schools push to the Zoom, but depending on your state itself, I know that there were some limitations that they do have, or at least one day out the week that they would still come to the classrooms. Um, and each state is different. Are, is your, are you doing just straight Zoom calls, or um, are you having some of those mix-ins? No, we're doing straight remote. Um, I'm home in front of a Zoom, in front of a Zoom from uh, nine to three, about nine to two thirty, give or take. So I'm I'm on Zoom with twenty two kids a day, and that's that's how we're doing it for the time being. I don't really know when we're going back, but it has its, it has its disadvantages. But you know, you, you do the best you can in situations like this. Yeah, the the control, right? And um, I have siblings that are really small. Well, you know what? Let me stop. They're not that small. I got a, a, a teenage sister, a preteen sister, and a eight-year-old brother. I don't even know what to place them in, right? And I watch them, okay? I'll come and visit my dad, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? They're like, oh, we're doing da-da-da-da, whatever. And one of my middle sister, bless her soul, she tries, but she gets so distracted. She had her first day of school, fell asleep. Um, so that's kind of funny And again teachers can't do nothing about it So she literally was nope. knocked out My other sister is over here Positioning the laptop to where she can still be on her phone Without nobody seeing um, And I don't even know what my youngest brother is I mean he, he, he really does like school He's a very smart kid All of them are smart Especially my old, eldest sister My middle sister like I said I think she's more artistic than uh, analytical mm-hmm. But um I think that's an interesting dynamic and you know we don't I don't want to focus all on that but you know again thank you for what you do let's get into the actual SFL right so what is your SFL story I know it of course because you know again I have asked you kind of off air how you know you came to be before the show but you know again walk us through the SFL story like how did you get from the couch right or the phone or whatever however you found it to now getting to the SFL being a defensive end for the Chicago Wildcats? Well, essentially it started, I bumped into the league. And I think that's kind of like a, a common theme from people who get involved. I bumped into it. I have, you know, Verizon Fios and 11 sports is on my sports package. So uh, one day I just came across it. I'm like, this, what video game? First of all, I didn't know what video game it was. I'm like, what, what game is this? <laughs> and then I like kind of saw the All Pro Football. I'm like, oh, I've heard. Of, okay, I know that game. Okay, two K eight, got it. And I would watch every so often. My my buddy would come over. We were like, you know, have a couple beers, play PlayStation. And at the end of the night, we'll that will be on. And I'm like, oh, this is on. I was watching this the other day, and I just kept watching it and watching it and bumping into it to the point where I started realizing, okay, it comes on at this time, this time. Let me watch. Okay, I'll watch it Saturday. Um. And I just got into it, and I was just like, "What? What is like? What? What is this?" And then you start doing research and looking into it, um, and I just was like, I, I, "I'm going to do this. I want. I want to do this." And it wasn't until I think the championship game last year when the swarm won, I saw the game, and then you had the halftime show. I'm like, "They actually have a halftime show. This is kind of cool." Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I think the thing that put me over the top 
was watching um, the minor league championship game, and I heard Mikey and Prota doing color. And that was put me over. Like, his enthusiasm was like, okay, I'm doing it now. Game over. And I'm literally sitting here with my wife next to me, like, I'm doing this. I'm watching it. And she's watching, like, what is this? So I'm, like, trying to explain it. And she doesn't understand it. And I'm trying to explain it. So I signed up right then and there. Um, I signed up, and I really was not expecting to play right away. Because I signed up kind of late. And lo and behold, amazingly enough, the person who hit me up initially to get me to get me involved was Mikey and Pro, <laughs> who asked, "Hey, are you interested?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I wasn't really expecting. I thought I had to go to the minors or wait it out." And just by chance, he happened to hit me up, and that's kind of how I became a Chicago Wildcat and got involved with the league. Well, that's that's quite a story, and it, it's so crazy how Mikey and Proda is <laughs> such a connection for a lot of people, right? We had Benjamin Warner, which you guys had Wildcat Wisdom together, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that later. But, you know, um, he just mentioned that, like, you know, in Proda and reaching out to him during the draft and figuring out how to be part of the organization because of the type of way that in Proda really presents himself. And I always talk about that too, right? That that his name Dynamite really does fit him because he really is passionate about what he does, right? And he has a voice mm-hmm. for it. And I think him and... Tim Hackett are like the the the, the duo uh, who really who really show that and really bounce off of each other. And I had I've had the opportunity and the honor to have Mikey and Proda and Tim Hackett on the show. So if you ever want to listen to those, you can go back to that. But it's so amazing to see how much he made that impact and influenced you to say, hey, you know what? He was the one that kicked it off, kind of like, okay, now I'm gonna definitely do this. And um, to hear how you were able to get on Chicago based on his influences. It's pretty cool. It's it's pretty amazing. Now, before we get started, because we've already learned some facts about you, fourth grade teacher, bought a new home, a baby, right? Eight months, uh, mm-hmm. eight month old baby, right? Um, yep. I wonder. I'm very curious to know what this fun fact about you is because it's definitely gonna be has to be something really good. But what's a fun fact that you can share with us that um, people might potentially might not even know in the league about you? Um, I my fun fact I um, in high school I played uh, football I played wide receiver and cornerback um, I was average not great obviously got no scholarship offers um, I actually went to Penn State for my freshman year of college and I actually uh, walked on to the Penn State football team so I actually got to practice and I dressed for one game in front of a hundred thousand people and didn't play but I was dressed. For a Penn State Nitty Lion game, so I walked on for um, the 2001 football season with the Penn State Nitty Lions. Wow! So um, we still hear games about Penn State because we are here in Maryland, and you know uh, there is a rivalry <laughs> that is, is is somewhat there. You still keep in touch with what's going on with Penn State, but that's such a strong college organization, right? I think you can put Penn State in the leagues of Notre Dame, um, Clemson. Alabama, like Penn State has some reputations and has had some pretty amazing players. And I think it's amazing that you got to experience a real college game. Um, I have a friend of mine who played in the Tostito Bowl for um, West Virginia. Um, okay. And talking with him and kind of getting that experience, how that was, right? Like imagine being at a bowl game and, you know, you doing that. And I think I want to say they won that bowl game, if I remember correctly. 
Um, but just just for you to be able to experience, that's pretty cool. And to walk on to Penn State, which again is a really good organization as in a whole. I know it it got a little bit of dirt with some of the past situations yeah. with coach, with coach, yeah. but um, it doesn't take away from the great organization that they had and the great players that came out of there. So that's awesome. Did you did you graduate from from Penn State or you know when you became a teacher and all that stuff or? Um, no, actually, I um, went there for a year, and mm-hmm. you know, as we know, scholarship players kind of get away with things, if I can say that, and they're able to because they're on the scholarship and their their names. Has a walk on. I assumed I could do the same. Mm-hmm. That did not work out for me very well, so I lasted <laughs> a year. Uh, came home and I actually graduated from uh, Monmouth University down in Jersey Shore. Nice. But you, you get you get sucked up because you're part of the environment, thinking you're part of that establishment when you're just a guy you get beat up on in practice, kind of like a Rudy type situation. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's it's a really fun fact to share and it's really cool. And like I said, I could not imagine being in that stadium and and that electricity that again. Penn State has a huge support system from their from from the actual university itself, and and I could just imagine how crazy it got there. So pretty cool, pretty good, pretty cool stuff. So getting into the defensive end side now. So what attracted you? What attracted you to that position? Right, like what made you say, "Hey, I want to try a DN spot." Um, I know, like when I played, I played like mainly corner safety, and you you always want to be. You know, if you always want to be center for tension, and a lot of times defense, you can never be center for tension unless you're getting at the quarterback. And that was always a position I always dreamed of playing because you, they get those accolades. You get the quarterback, you get the sack, you get the glory. So when I thought about joining the, the Simulation Football League, that was a position that's in my head immediately. I wanted to do that position. It's a position I've always wanted to play. I felt like this would be a good um a good introduction to the league by playing DN and getting at the quarterback and try to get some sacks and put pressure and, and, and really try to change games because I feel like defensive ends, the good ones really have an opportunity to change a game. With like, yeah. you know, in the span of three, four plays, you can you can wreck a team's game plan. So yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking about with uh, playing DN. Yeah, and you know what, you're true. I was I was talking with Ben about it, and I said, you know, there was a few positions I would consider. It's based on the players, right? So I chose tight end, uh, one because I get to work very closely with the with my friend Mel Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was inspired always by Tony Gonzalez. So my player is exactly the stature of Tony Gonzalez, size, weight, but he his number is 84 because my other favorite player is. Uh, Randy Moss, right? I loved Randy Moss growing up. So um, I was telling him, you know, what kind of another position I would have done was the end. And the reason why is because of Chase Young, right? How much he's able Mm -hmm. to wreck a team, wreck a, like, wreck that side. And the thing is, he makes everybody else better. So when he's there, you have everybody else on that line who can eat, right? Even up to the rookie that we got last year in Montez Sweat, which he's coming into his own. So when you have those two gigantic players coming from the edge that really give set that edge to say, Hey, you're not coming this way, whether you're going to do a screen pass, whether you're going to try to run it yourself, or I'm going to contain you in that situation and try to sack you and really 
force that 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 uh, quarterback to get into the pocket even more, where your defensive tackles uh, can come into play um, and make a play on on the quarterback or whatever the case may be. So I think that's a very influential type of uh, position. Now, did you model your player after anybody once you decided to do DN? Uh, well, growing up where I grew up in New Jersey, I'm a Giants fan. So the first name that popped in my head, and first number, I'm number 92, first name was Michael Strahan. Because growing up, okay. before we started winning Super Bowls, even before, you know, when we had Astro Turf at Giants Stadium and throwing snowballs at coaches on the opposite team, Strahan was my guy. So when thinking of a DN, Strahan, number 92, was the, the prototypical defensive end I thought about for who I wanted to become in the, in the league. I, I'm very disappointed in your answer because <laughs> I'm a Washington <laughs> football fan and Mel Davis is a Washington football fan and me and him are very strong in it and we're in the league. We're in the same uh, NFC conference <laughs> together. So um, I'm not happy with your uh, team of choice, but... Well, well hold on. Well, listen, you, you, got, you guys killed us a lot. When I was growing up, Washington... Uh, essentially, uh, that, that whole division is beat up on the Giants for years. Washington, Dallas, Philadelphia, yeah, Washington killed us a lot. So you guys had us for a long time. It wasn't until re- recent years when we finally, like, okay, we're going we're gonna to win now. But for years, yeah. Washington was pretty much just beating up, beating up behind every, every game. And, you know, I appreciate that, right? You're definitely a, def- a different Giants fan for the that that because it, I have a friend of mine who plays in the league. He's actually playing in the minors right now, and his game is on. He plays for for the Memphis Riverboats. Um, that uh, you know, same thing with him, right? Like we we kind of been. He's a Giants fan, so we always go back and forth, right? It's Sunday. I typically work on Sundays with. Well, he doesn't work every, that Sundays, but when we do work together, I end up pulling his leg about the Giants, and I'm like, "Oh man, look at all these changes y'all made, and y'all still suck." But you are such a polite uh, fan <laughs> <laughs> that that I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And actually, one of our players on our uh, on our team is a Giants fan as well, and Rob. So definitely. Uh, definitely, under, I do have people around me who are Giants fans, but you are the nicest one. Second to um, to my man Rob, who is part of the Portland team. He, I don't, he's never uh, been a, a disrespectful Giant fan. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Well, I mean, I have no reason, but I have no nothing but to be respectful since my team is awful right now. So I have to be nice. If it's for karma purposes, for karma purposes, <laughs> so we can maybe win some games this year, it'd be great. Well, if if Washington is still be if Washington football team is still on the top of the conference at one and three, um, <laughs> I think again it just speaks on how the NFC East isn't the place to be right now. Um, so I know you played cornerback, safety, um, you're a DN now. Was there any other positions that you were thinking of doing? Um, I thought about linebacker. Um, I always thought outside linebacker because if you look at how the game is now, you know, D and linebacker isn't too isn't too different at this point in the game. Like you can a lot of DN stand up and go into coverage. A lot of linebackers, you know, go down and go to three point stance and go. So linebacker yeah. outside was probably the other position I thought about because it was very similar to DN, but also you can do a lot more, contribute more 
in different ways. You can wreck the game online, or you can wreck the game in coverage or by blitzing. So linebacker is definitely another position I thought about as well. Yeah, I think that's a like every position plays a factor, right? Like if you break down football and you see how everything plays, it's like yeah, everything has its its experience. And there's others that I feel are a little bit more supportive. But if you have a player who is dynamic and is very strong in that role, yeah, you could wreck a game. Right, I, I always talk about my favorite player of, all, of everything, right? Even if I told you, you know, I loved Randy Moss growing up and everything like that was Sean Taylor. And the reason why I have a strong connection with Sean Taylor, not just because he was a Washington football, or, you know what, I'm not even going to, he deserves that respect because he was a Washington Redskin, right? Um, and I yeah. saw his draft. His draft is actually the draft that I remember that I got more, that's where I got in love with football, Right. Um, I remember he got drafted and everybody's like, WTF, right? Like, what are you doing, Washington? Why would you take a safety so high? But when you see how magical he was, right? How impactful he was. And just, he was the best of both worlds. He was able to smack you and he was able to take away the ball. And not just do that, but was also lightning fast for his size. Mm -hmm. He was a big safety. Right? And nobody's going to forget the crack that he did. Was it on Doug Flutie? I want to say it was Doug Flutie. Yeah, yep, it was Doug Flutie. Right? That crack that he just cracked them. He, his body contorted on the floor. He got it real quick and was like, all right, cool. But, like, that would never, that always made me see, like, every role has an impact. But that was my favorite player. And, it, and if I didn't do tight end, like I said, I would do safety in respects of Sean Taylor because one of my favorite players of all time. Now, I kind of want to talk about now the Wildcat wisdom right now. Ben walked me through a little, Benjamin walked me through a little bit about um, kind of the concept, right? How it got to where it's at now, the evolution of it. But um, how did you become involved with the podcast? Now, was that your intent to be involved like how did that all come to be uh and when i when i joined the team i know mikey talked about doing things that was uh more team inspired whether it be i'm a, I'm a writer on the side i write for major league baseball i write i've written for other publications i have a radio background from college so you know i have all this experience i told mikey mikey said well do you do podcasts well i do, well, I do a podcast of my own on the side you want to do what you want to do for one for us? I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. So that's how kind of how the idea kind of was broached to me. And then he wanted one about the Wildcat team and kind of like a, a, a roundup of Wildcat news and SFL news in general. So that was the idea. The idea originally was strictly Wildcats, but then I think when me and Ben started talking about it, Ben was like, well, we should do like a roundup of league stuff too. Because one, it's like a half hour of Wildcat sounds good in theory, but there's so much other stuff going on in the league because the league is is exciting and a lot's happening. So we, sh we should also mention other teams because we're going to face those same teams as well. So yeah. the whole idea was just really kind of like a kind of a passing idea that became something really big as me and Ben kind of started kind of figuring out. And Ben was a technical guy with the YouTube and the videos, and I was. I felt like comic relief because I'm one kind of pushing Benjamin a little bit. So that's kind of how it got started. Just a random, a random, you should do this. Okay, let's do it. And it got started that way. <laughs> and, and, and that's really cool, right? So 
to let folks know and to let you know, right? Inside the league was uh, sorry. Actually, welcome to the shipyard was my first thought of this show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be the inside for Portland for you to be able to see the front office and get to know us, especially in our in our inaugural season, right? So nobody knew us. It was a rookie. Um, owner who was you know once a coordinator for Denver it was a rookie offensive coordinator and and, and director of player personnel Um, it was a rookie GM who nobody knew me from a can of paint so I created the show one because I want to create real fans of the Portland fleet right so if they come here to hear the insides and outs of the Portland fleet well they were here right if they wanted to get news but then I realized I was like you know you're right. There's only so much you can talk about if you just focus on one sole thing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it will invent, eventually be repetitive. You can talk about your next opponent. You can talk about certain things, but it's a being on a on a on a press conference level. So then I came up with inside the league, and I was like, you know, again, and there's short shows that are called inside the league in the in, you know out there, but I wanted one that gave different concepts of inside the league. So, an inside the league in scores, an inside the league in, you know, crowd play, or inside the league in, in top players, and then inside the league with players who are part of this this whole SFL culture. And what I enjoy most about being a GM is, one, that's I get to meet different people, right? I get to recruit. I get to... Um, speak to folks my own players I get to know how they're doing and get to know their lives and it helped me really be able to give folks of this league a platform to speak on as well and give that inside right inside the league inside into that portion of the league so I think really well cool. and like you said sorry I got no, yeah, no, I no, no, you good, you good. like you said it's only so much you don't want one you don't want to be, seem like a cheerleader for your team and I felt like with Wildcat Wisdom, I think myself and Benjamin, we did a good job of, one, yeah, we're Wildcats, but we're going to call out things that we did wrong. Or call out that, hey, I'm on defense, my defense, we did not rush the quarterback, I take the hit, we need to do better. Or if our offense is struggling, our offense needs to get better. So I think the big thing with, I think, our show and how it kind of was different, where we weren't, we didn't want to seem like homers to the team that we were on. We're really quick to, um, I don't want to say criticize, but we're really quick to point out, hey, we did this wrong, and we got to fix this to win. Hey, there was a huge issue with my team (laughs) this past week, and we're going to address it and say what we think and just move on. So I feel like – and then to hear our opinion, our views on the league itself and who we think is really good, who we think – we had a top five. We had power rankings. We talked about stats and league leaders. So – I feel like the show kind of became this very honest but very analytical look at the league and not just the league but our team as well. Yeah. And like I said, to have different aspects of this content, right? Like being to provide content to this league is an honor. And um, I appreciate doing it. I give a different side just like AJ, uh, you know, AJ Stryker does, you know, Ashley Jackson, um, you know, uh, Dave Access, uh, Coach Cravens, um, you guys also, I used to talk about Benjamin in, in your show, right? And, um, you know, just just 
it allows people to digest this league outside of the games, right? And, you know, speaking with Cam and everything like that, he always said he wanted to make it realistic, and he always wants to get it to where once the game's done, you have a place to go. You have something you can listen to. You have something still part of the league like you would with the NFL or you would with the NBA or you would with the MLB, right, or the NHL, right? Like you have all these leagues who if I'm like interested in it I can go find something that helps me keep my interest involved Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where everybody has their lane so you need that sometimes right you need like I think access does a very good job on having different viewpoints come together and uh and, and come together in their thoughts now I always say for myself I'm not really a big critique simply because I know there was a lot of work put in, but if you're able to show humility and humble and say, hey, this is where I made a mistake or this is where we made a mistake, right? And this is where we have to do better. That's a different aspect. You're not just giving a a opinion just to come up with an opinion because you think that team sucks, right? No, you're trying to be like, hey, this is what we did wrong. And if we can correct that, then we can create a future and stability for, for the for the upcoming games or the upcoming um you know, outcome of of the season itself. So it's very interesting. Now, going into that, what what even interests you in like doing a show? Right? You said you have experience with doing that, and what was really cool. It's not something that we talked about yet, but you were you actually use Blog Talk Radio, which is what we use here. Um, yeah. Which was cool because I told you I'm going to pick your brain, not on air, but I will pick your <laughs> brain. <laughs> On certain things, because I'm still learning this. I, I do this show, like I was telling Benjamin, I do this show by myself. I create my script, and it's not even just a script. Like, this is all scripted. What I mean is, like, I create what I'm going to talk about because, you know, we can get into topics. Like, example, we get into topics about you being a teacher, and I could ramble on that, but we have to direct it back to the narrative of yourself. So when I have this, I'm by myself doing it. Now, this week has been a very difficult week for a multitude of reasons. And, um, you know, you were able to adjust, too. So I was like, please give me time. (laughs) I normally send this, you know, the information out on Wednesday, early Thursday. So you have time to skim it. And, and, you know, not everybody's a live person, you know, in a sense of like, I can do this live and not freak out and not you know, forget what I'm talking about. So it's it's a win-win for both sides. It's not, I don't use it so much as a, hey, this is, you know, when I first sent it to people, they were like, oh man, you know, did you want me to write this in and you were going to read it? I was like, no, no, no. It's, it's for a way for transparency because I want to make you feel comfortable. I don't want to throw any curveballs to you. You're gonna be like, whoa, where did this question come from, right? Um, and it yeah. makes you feel more comfortable. And if you're that type of person who has to plan then you have the time to plan accordingly. So it ends up being, you know, a, a great experience, right? Because it's really about yourself and it's also me sharing about myself so people can um, know the inside of what's going on within uh, the league and the people that make it. So uh, what interested you in basically doing a show? Uh, the, the big interest was, I feel like, learning about the league. I feel like it's one thing to, to, to have a player and to watch games. But I feel like having the show, it kind of, um, it, it kind of almost forces you to watch a lot more. Like I said, analytically, and really watch the games. 
because you're going to talk about these games. You're not going to talk about just Chicago Wildcats versus whoever they faced that week, but you're going to talk about all the games for that week. So one of my reasons for wanting to do the show, besides work with Benjamin and kind of doing it, because I've done radio, I've been doing this, my basketball podcast, for like four years on Blog Talk, so I do it. It, just to watch it and really get into the league, learn the players, learn the plays, learn some of the tendencies that teams, you know, um, teams field from game to game. So that's what really interests me about doing it because I want to learn more. And I feel like the best way to do it is kind of to force me to watch the game and not just watch for entertainment, but also watch it for, okay, I want to know what I'm going to talk about when we do this show. So I know what Portland did or I know what Louisiana did in this one game. Maybe it was, uh, they did this different from last week. They lost last week. They won this week. Why did they win? What was the difference? So that's one of the big reasons. Yeah, I think that that's an awesome viewpoint to have, right? Because you want to understand it. I'm going to tell you, right? Transparency. This game is the most frustrating game in the world. <laughs> because <laughs> you you plan for something, and it never gets to that point, Right. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell yep. you, when you get that win, because of all the hard work, like, mind you, we're very close-knit as a, as a front office, right? And I love that. That's the reason why I love Portland so much. And um, we're very transparent with our team to let them know what we're working on, how we're, you know, trying to improve. And it's really a transparent thing. Like, you won't know. You will know what's going on in our organization. And I take pride of that, right? But we'd be on the phone. Right, and they're like, "Oh man," or screaming, or like, "Yes, that's that's what I'm asking for." And I'm like, "Well, what's going on?" They're like, "Oh, we're working, working on the playbook. We're working on this and that. We're seeing how this will work out." And it helped me understand the game more. Right, the fun part is you don't have no control, but when the game plan comes correct and you're able to beat a team, there is no other type of adrenaline. The first win we had, which was against the Houston Hyenas, I literally ran from the bottom. I live in a townhome of three levels. I ran from the middle, downstairs, because I had so much energy. I was so excited. Downstairs, <laughs> back upstairs, right, running up all the way to my room, coming back down, just running so excited, right? And then I got to share that with my wife, and I got to share that with um, Mel and and, and and Jacob and all the team, all the players in our team, we were all on in a locker room together, enjoying that experience, and that really made a difference, and that really made me realize what it takes to do this, and and that's what helped me. So a show like this, for you can break down the analytics and really see like, man, how does this league really work? I think that's a real smart idea, and like I said, a different avenue when it comes down to what you were able to put out there. Well, it's funny you say that because um, Greg Soto was our OC, and there'll be times where he's like, that was not the playbook I put in. Because it seemed like whatever you wanted to get done, the game was not cooperating that particular week. He's like, that's not what I put in. So I totally understand what you're saying, because there's been many times where Greg is like, what is going on? And he's like, that did not go the way I thought it was going to go. So the more you talk to him, especially, you realize – all right, this is more difficult than what it, it would seem like to the normal person who doesn't know what we're doing. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, that's why I'm a very conscientious person to talk about anybody else, okay? I'm not a big advocate. You know, you'll see it. you see it in Gen Chat. You see people being like, oh, screw this team. Oh, this team sucks, da 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 If you haven't done it, if you don't exactly. see it, 
you don't know exactly the time it takes to get there, then please. I mean, everybody has an opinion. You're 100% right. And it's me to either take it or leave it. But, like, don't be quick to judge because it takes so much to get what you see on the field. And that's why I respect, you know, Denver because they're able to show consistency. Or Louisiana, who's been showing consistency this season. Or Vancouver, who's been, you know, had a monstrous game against Houston. Or, and I can keep on going, right, Sioux Falls, who's, who's a consistent team season in and out. Like, Sioux Falls is such a consistent team. That's, you know, there's great teams out there, but that's who we strive for because consistency is key. And they don't ever lose anybody. So... You know, it, it helps kind of give you an aspect, and that's why I kind of reserve those 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 thoughts because I, I think it's unfair to really be that quick to judge a team. I think you should judge a team on how they carry themselves, how their team stays together, right? Because retention to me speaks volumes, right? This is a one contract season for for everybody. And for you to say, hey, I, I really believe in what you want to do. I really believe what you're trying to accomplish. I appreciate your organization and the front office staff and what you guys are trying to do and also what you're trying to do for me. It means that much more. And I think that's, that's, that will eventually lead to those championships because that consistency. And you see it in the league anytime. Anytime a team breaks out a lot then the dynamic changes and the building has to change again. And you don't want to keep on building, right? Because you see the success of other teams not building. And I'll never forget, Eddie Gage is more than inspirational to me in multiple facets. Fitness with his running and his body suits that he likes to do with his press conferences while you're there. He's doing them while he's running. So it's more intimate, right? Um, but he, he gave some really great advice to say, if you're able to, and he says all the time, Arizona, stay with me, right? I promise you I'm doing the work. I'll never forget these. Like, he's a very cool guy, and he's a very inspirational guy. And uh, it's really been an honor to, 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 to see how he moves, right? Because he's a genuine person, and I'm a genuine person. So when I see somebody who's genuine like that, you, it's it's all the respect that I have because that's that's how I am. I'm a genuine person. I don't want to have to guess your message. I want it to be straightforward because I'm going to be straightforward with you. Yeah. Um. It's it, it's awesome. But he gave that feedback. You need to have people stay together. And that honestly, I I look at that more and say, man, this team went through adversity and they still decided to stay together. That speaks volumes. Watch out. That team is eventually going to grow into something serious. And if you're able to invest with your coaches, with your, you know, director of player personnel on, hey, this is how I want to benefit. But the coach is also telling you, like, hey, this is what I want to get us to because my game plan is to do X, Y, Z. Then you have a collaboration happening and now you have investment in the team even more. So these are like things to me that I think are more important. It could be because I'm on the GM side of things, but I really take my business serious and I take my organization serious because that allows me to make this a destination to be. And hopefully the listeners who do listen and hear me and hear me every single Friday see that there's consistency with my message because that's what I truly believe in. That's our values. We actually have a player's handbook that talks about our values as an organization. Everybody doesn't know that. 
And I'm very curious to see how many of my, our players actually read the handbook, right? <laughs> but it's there <laughs> to show you what your organization believes in. It's not something that is perpetuated or maybe they believe in this. No, it's on paper. It was a collaborative effort of what we put together on that handbook that allowed players to understand progression, have players understand rules, understand what we're about, and understand what was expected of them. And then it gave them a place to also connect. So on the playbook had everybody's Discord name, name, position, number. Like we gave that transparency because at the end of the day, you guys are a teammates. And if you want to connect with your teammate, you, you didn't have to randomly find them. You can just go to your player handbook and find exactly what was happening or what upcoming games were going to come on and so on and so forth. So uh, uh, we got to get to the next question, but <laughs> kind of led into this here. But, um, but I did want to share that because I think that's always going to be key is if that team can retain themselves and they're able to show that continuity, man, that's the team that I want to be in. Whether their, their record is 0-12 or, or it's 12-0, right? Um, yeah. That's the type of organization I want to be a part of because then I, I know my values, what I believe in is 100% there, and I'm with genuine people where I don't have to guess where I'm at in the situation. And again, we've had, we have flexibility too. So we invest in the people, not just the players. So if we feel like there might be a position that we feel more, more best suited, we're going to tell you and see what you think. And if you believe in our message and what we're trying to accomplish, you're like, that's an awesome idea. Then that's amazing too. Right. So I just think at the end of the day, you know, to share that tidbit, especially I have listeners who want to be potential owners or, you know, listeners who want to be GMs in the future. These are things that you need to consider when you take this position, because it's just not a position of, hey, I'm a GM, look at me. It's how you really influence the league and influence others and influence and impact, you know, to your organization. And, and you you know better than anybody, a wrong mistake can dead you in this league, right? Yep. So you have to move. It can, it can, a, a wrong mistake could torpedo everything you try to accomplish. Exactly. Cause, right. And, so it becomes, and, and and it's and it spreads. And it's not just that one mistake affecting one person; it affects your entire franchise from top to bottom. So you're exactly. right. It, it, one wrong move, and it, it, your season could just, for lack of a better term, it could it could implode. Yeah, and and that's why you have to move and understand that your brand, not just as an organization, but as an individual, matters in this league. And uh, I always, I hope people take that tidbit because branding and um, perseverance and all these things are key to really success in anything that you do. Um, but it's it's a great tidbit to share. And, and like I said, you know the experience firsthand um, with the situation. I don't want to get into the situation, of course, but you know you're you're dealing with that type of adversity, and that can sometimes leave a a sour taste in, in folks you know, thought process because you made a decision that, that just doesn't affect you. And that's why I think owners, front office staff need to always remember whatever decision we make, we're not just making it for ourselves. We're making it for every single individual player who's on this roster. And if it's something that's not right, we got to make sure that it's put in a situation that is right, that does never put, that never puts us in the incorrect light that causes un- unwanted attention and negative you know, uh, uh, connotation to the team's name and brand itself. So 
let's get kind of back into this here. Um, <laughs> what did you enjoy most about the league? So you being part of the league now and having your first season now with Chicago, um, what did you enjoy most about this league in general? Uh, it's got to be the people. Um, you know, I'm, I haven't, I ventured to Gen Chat a little bit on Discord, not too much, because like I said, you're a rookie, so you don't, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to overstep your bounds too much. But the people I've spoken to, not just within the Chicago Wildcats locker room, but others that I've spoken to randomly, um, it, it, it's been it's a good group. And um, you know, Benjamin, who he, Benjamin and I did not know each other before this season. We like it seems like we know each other for years. We've known each other. For a few months, so he's someone that, uh, that that I've grown, I've gotten close to. Greg Soto is someone I've gotten close to. Um, people like Mikey and Pro, people like Kanye Rockefeller, who's a, the defensive coordinator in Chicago. Those are some of the people who really make this league and made my experience from my, from my rookie season very enjoyable. So I, th- I think it's more so not you mentioned before, not so much the players, not so much the games, not so much me getting sacks, but. It's just meeting very cool people and talking to those cool people. And this league should be fun, and it should be a release from your regular life, from your job, from your you know, from your family, whether you take that as good or as bad. It should be fun. And I feel like this season, throughout everything, throughout what's been going on, obviously, it, 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 it's fun. And it, even what will happen, I still want to keep going in it because I do enjoy it the people within the league, whether it be on my side or any other um, player throughout the league. Yeah. And I think, again, sharing that. And, 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 you know, I hope people who listen to this gain some knowledge. And when you drop it, how people really make the difference. That's, that's the truth to the matter, right? Like these folks that were able all to connect on the same platform is amazing. And the thing that I think makes it, I always refer back to it, right? Pickler always stuck with me on this term is, is is this product that we have how we consume it and each individual consumes it differently so for you to consume it, it's more of like the, i like to consume more of the relationships i was able to build with these specific people and this everybody has a different one right like pickler talks about how he likes to do how he likes to consume this product i talk about how i like to consume this product right and that's the awesome thing you have choices to do so do i think that all aspects of what makes the league is a hundred percent in the same values or viewpoints that I have. No, but the cool thing is that I'm able to pick and choose how I would like to consume this product. And I, and I got to give him props because props are due with Johnny always giving me the aspect, but he has, he has a point, right? Everybody has a way of consuming it and you have your right to choose the way that you're doing it because you paid money for it, right? You paid money to be here. So you have the right to consume it any way, shape, or form. I just always challenge that if you are going to consume it in a way that isn't the most positive, to please understand what that perception get puts off on you and how that can affect your career in the SFL if you aren't doing the things that, you know, make you a genuine person, right? Or make teams want to invest in you because you may seem like a problem or you may seem like something that, Again, we pay money too as a front office, so we don't want to have stress at in real life, and then stress in the SFL where I'm on Gen Chat and my players are over here saying f this, f that, f you, f 
you know, everybody. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not just representing yourself. You're representing your organization. And I have to deal with, with, it's like you get to have to deal with kids. I have to deal with kids who are coming out of high school nine times out of ten, working a retail job and hoping to be whatever they're hoping to be. And they're just like, this is just an in-between until I can get into my career. It's frustrating to deal with that. It's frustrating to deal with angry customers. It's frustrating to deal with all that. And then to come home and then I have to deal with you being crazy on, on, S- on the SFL um, isn't, isn't the best way that I would want to consume this. And, and I think, again, my advice to players is to always protect the brand of yourself. If you ever decide to get out into free agency or test it, it becomes a lot easier when you have a great brand behind you as well as a great player versus you're a great player, but you're, you don't have the strongest brand. Now, even though, yes, it's a game about those strategies, you're adding more stress into into an organization most organizations won't won't take that lunge or take that leap of faith to say all right cool we'll bring you in but man i gotta always put out fires like we just don't have the time for that so i think some advice to share with people for the future on how they can go about it now best sfl memory you weren't drafted right you came in but what has been your best sfl memory most of most people tell me draft but what is yours i'm very curious to know it was uh, first sack I had the season against Tulsa, which was our second game. Um, first game of the year, it, it it was a bloodbath. We we played Mexico City. Matt Wilson killed us, just chopped us up. It was like wow. And that's the first time like I think the first time I paid it really paid attention to Matt Wilson. Like I saw him play, you know, when I first started watching. But this is the first time I saw him play this year. And our first game of the season was in Mexico City, and he picked us apart. And I was like, wow, okay. And then second game uh, against Tulsa, it was a blitz. Clint Hendershot came up the middle. I ran a twist around him, a stunt, and got my first sack. So that was like, I was watching on television. It was a Monday night game. My wife is sleeping in the room. I'm, I literally stopped. To pause TV, I'm a DVR, rewound, recorded it on my phone, and then ran into my bedroom with my wife yelling, look at me, this is me, this is me, look, look, look. <laughs> that was like the moment. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. So that was definitely my best moment so far in the league was that first sack against Salsa. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, again, that's an awesome memory to have, right? And it's a different memory. Um you know, hearing it, and it shows that you are definitely a team guy because to make that experience, it includes you, but then the team itself, um, it, it's pretty awesome to, to see itself. And it's a pretty awesome memory. You know, I, I always, I have multiple ones in this league. And I think my, I don't want to say my best memory at all, but a, a very memorable memory is it's just handpicking the players we have now. Um, being able to share a vision and have some 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 vets say, hey, I want to be part of that. That's an awesome vision. And have rookies who say, hey, look, win, lose, or draw, we we got the fleets back. And they have our backs and we have theirs. And in plenty of times having conversations with some of my players who are going through it, right? And and giving them a shoulder to uh, a shoulder to or an ear to listen to, right? And giving advice that they would like advice and and, and getting the aspect of it. I'm not 
uh, uh, I'm not a man who's old, but I have a lot of wisdom that I've been able to gain over the years based on my experiences in life. So a lot of times, you know, I'll give them my aspect of what I went through in that situation and how I would, how I might have handled it and how that outcome came to be. And then exactly what I learned from that experience that caters to them for them to maybe see a point that they might have not seen before, right? So yeah, I, I think that's I think the the big thing with with that is having and not just front office like you're in front office having a team and not just your front office your owner your GM coordinators but your team behind you as well to kind of pick you up because at the end of the day we all have personal lives we all have things we go through we all have things that we're experiencing and whether it be good or bad you know our community and not just your particular team's community but the SFL community as a whole will be there for you because we're all going through the same stuff a lot of us going through wife kids uh, houses apartments uh, job job loss stuff like that so you know to have your front office and your teammates and not just like I said not just on your particular team but other people in the league to be there for you. I think that's extremely important for this league and not just for the players brand but for the brand the league itself. Yeah. I think I think that's a bigger aspect and again great knowledge to share. I, I just seeing both aspects of it and and you understand the concept. You understand what it really really takes and really great really great to hear because again not everybody has that viewpoint um but you know since you've been in the league what what do you think you learned while being in the league you know what have you realized is is important in this league or or what's something that you really want to share with listeners and potential players of the league and all this stuff on things that you've learned that maybe they can avoid or learn from or take your advice and, 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 and use that to their, you know, next opportunity. Um, I, I sound so sage being a rookie, but, um, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to harp on the Wildcat season and what went on, but I think the biggest thing that I learned in my rookie season was to not let the actions of a few kind of mess up your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions on something. On Something could be anything. could be your team, your franchise, could be your life, right? It was really easy for me, and I think midway through the season, I had doubts about, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. A lot's going on, but it was, it's a lot, it's a, and it's easy to do that, but it's a lot more difficult to go, okay, that happened over there. I'm over here. I'm not going to let that affect me my fun, me meeting cool people, and me having a good time doing it. So I think my biggest thing was to learn that, not to allow the actions of one or a few really try to dictate my feelings on something. And I think that's why I have this renewed um, this renewed energy for the next season. Because I'm like, okay, that was last season. That was whatever what it was. I'm ready to go for next season. So I think that was the biggest thing I learned. Yeah, and I think um, I feel you on that one, right? Like um, I was a non-contracted linebacker for the defunct uh, New Orleans Pharaohs, right? And um, they, my experience wasn't the same, right? 
And it showed me that people can dictate how it was. After that season, I really contemplated whether I wanted to stay with the league or not. But meeting great people amongst, you know, amongst the, the, the community, right? Uh, getting to meet Jacob. Of course, I know Mel, and Mel will always give me insight on when he learned it because we were both rookies together, right? And, um, you know, meeting everybody that I have and had on the show and people that I haven't had yet, like even, you know, Gunny. Gunny um, was just in the gen chat saying, hey, you did a great job you know, Benjamin Warner, you know, on the podcast. And, you know, he's somebody who I really respect because Gunny has so much knowledge. And, um, you know, people of that sort who really are the people who make this community, right? Dave Axis, Ashley Jackson, uh, even the commissioner, if you ever get to talk to Cam Irvine, like he is a cool dude and he's very honest and very transparent. And again, he's a commissioner. So there's not, you can't like, be like, hey, man, tell me about, you know, what the plans are in the sense of, like, X, Y, Z. Like, no, nah, there's certain things. But he's so cool to take a moment to, one, listen to the show. Um, two, um, share knowledge. Because I came in season 14. That means that there is 13 other seasons that I don't know about. And I'm a big history person. So to realize how we got to this point is why I made the show. Because I love hearing the journey and what made where we're at now. It's such a thing to me you know with anything in history how do we get to where we're at now and depending on the history outcome how can we either prevent it or what can we do to make that be a repeat if it was a, a successful event right but nonetheless I, I had that same type of experience and I, I definitely can say that people can dictate how you feel about being in this league and um, if you have a great organization a great staff people who are invested in you and you know, are people just like you? So when you need something, you're not 100% sure. You don't understand something. It's awesome when you have people in your own organization to help you understand versus trying to find that information from somebody else. So I think that's awesome to hear sharing that, you know, I hope a rookie or somebody who might be going through it understands that, hey, we, we do get that. But like you even said yourself, you had renewed faith and I did too. You know, I didn't know Jacob was going to get a team. I was just, you know, talking to somebody who had such great information that was more than I had. And when he got the team and he said, hey, I wanted, I want you to be my GM. That's the first decision I want to make is have you as my GM. Uh, it, it really resonated with me and it renewed my faith in this league. And it made it an experience. And he is such a supportive person that the only reason why I have Blog Talk Radio or even get to use this platform is because he taught me how to use it. And he allowed me to use the radio station that he has established to do so. So that renewed my faith in this league. And it really showed me that there's some people in this league that are just downright amazing and are very selfless, just like myself, to understand that, hey, they're, they're genuine people not to expect something in return. They'll never go, come and say, hey, Nelson, you remember that show I gave you well, uh, or allowed you to do? Hey, yeah, man, like now you got to do X, Y, Z for me. He's not like that. And that's the person I am. If I do something, I do it not to expect anything in return. I do it because, and, yeah, go and, ahead. And the other, well, the other thing I noticed about this league, too, especially this year, was how a lot of the owners and the GMs and the coordinators, they literally – you don't see this in anything, any sport, any any job. They're 
almost training other people to be a coach one day and showing them ropes and saying, listen, I'm going to show you how I do this, how to do that. How does all how does all pro football work? I'm going to show you so one day you can be a coordinator, one day you can be a GM, one day you can own your own team. And I think that's the other thing that kind of helped kind of realize what this league's about and how much help you see these owners and, and you guys and GMs really trying to build out the next generation of coaches and GMs and owners and say, okay, if you really want to learn, watch. And then your time is going to come and you're ready to go and then you pay it forward with the next batch. So that's kind of what made this league very interesting too because there's so many people willing to help and kind of push people along and like raise them up and say, I'm going to pay it forward to help you, you help the next person. So that's what makes this league very cool too. Yeah, I think, like I said, great things to share. Um, and like I said, it, it's just, it's so cool how, how everybody can connect in this way. And um, like I said, this is what inspired this show overall to be, to, to share this wise words of wisdom. We're not going to say the wildcat wisdom, right? But again, give you recognition, yeah, the wisdom that you guys wanted to share with people. I think this also reflects that and it's a really good um, segue to advice to rookies or people who want to join the league. Uh, do you have any advice or things that you would recommend that like you would do differently coming into this league? But what advice do you have for maybe rookies or people wanting to join this league? Uh, just I, I would say just do it. it. It's 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 fun time. One, you get to see your player and you get to see your player develop over over time. Like I saw my player go from being manhandled game one to being somewhat of a force of getting a sack in six straight games. It's just fun to do. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's also fun to interact with your team and other players around the league. So I would just say to rookies who are in it, stay in it. If you're struggling, it gets better. And people who want to do it, I would just just do it. Just look into it. Do it. Do your research, and you you will not be disappointed if you join this league. Yeah, I, I, that's true, right? Like. Just do it. With me, I didn't get to do it the process that you did, right? Watch a game and say, oh, this is join the league and, and kind of getting involved that way. I got involved more of Mel, who was like, have you ever heard of Simulation Football League? And I remember because Mel, me and Mel connected because of the Washington football team. And um, I know Mel because Mel is actually my vet for my dogs. Um, he's an amazing vet, uh, you know, veterinarian here in the state of Maryland um, and his passion for what he does and the way that he shares that passion with you and how much he cares for our animals, um, our, my babies, is unmatched. And I literally used to travel from the other side of Maryland to go to him because of how he was with our dogs. And I have pit bulls and, you know, pit bulls are misunderstood. So for him to not be ever be scared of my dogs, and always treat them with love and respect as if they're his own dogs um, is is something that I'm going to tell you is my story is a little bit different because if he told me something, we have always connected on Washington football team and the GM mode in Madden, right? So when he, he shared it to me, he says, Nelson, this is a real live GM mode, right? Like, this is real. Like, you get to pick the, you know, you have a team, this and that, and just share me with everything and I remember watching the documentary I always talk about it the documentary is what really sold me on doing it and showed me what was a possibility and a um 
a memory that I thought was like I thought Demond, who is the um, owner of the Houston Hyenas, had had screens, so he had his his logo in the back with like a uh, like a, a sheet or something of that sort, right, with the logo, and then there was two mm. images playing. Now I thought those images were real screens, so when I saw that, I said, "Man, this dude's doing a real press conference." In like in like a <laughs> setting like that, and this is simulated. Like, how crazy is that? And then in the documentary, you get to meet um, Thaddeus Bovine, right? Um, or or uh, Tyranius, or, or I am sorry if I messed it up, right? But um, mm-hmm. him, right? And then I got to meet uh, Deacon, Deacon Nickens through that because at that time he was an owner as well, and he's still with the league, and they're both still with the league, right? And how long they've been with the league and the growth of the league. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just my, my, the way I came was different, but, you know, I think that's great advice. Like you said, just do it. If you're going to get involved with it, just do it. You're going to find people who you may not agree with, but you're going to find a lot of people that you are. You'll be able, you're able to establish a relationship like some of the people you dropped today um, to, to, to share that advice. So just, just do it. And once you're in it, find your own path and don't give up. I think that's another thing, too. If you find an organization that doesn't have your values, well, guess what? There's probably an organization that does. But I would also challenge, if you are going to leave an organization, I think sharing the reason why is key. Because if they really care about their business, right, if they really care about their team, they're going to want to know why you left. Because any good business or any good organization or anybody is going to know how can they always improve right because i want to change that i don't want that to be the same for the next person or the next player or the next you know whatever to come into the to my organization having a a perception of my organization and you know people talk when you have a bad experience you tell 10 people okay so if I gave you a bad experience or I gave you a terrible time or whatever, you're going to tell 10 people in, 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 in the league, right, or in your circle or whatever that is, and guess what's going to happen? Those 10 people are going to talk to another and another and another, and then your brand becomes tarnished where you're going to have to do something extraordinary to get that perception to change. But if you really focus on how that looks and how people – perceive it then i feel like at the end of the day you're able to really create something substantial and make an impact to people like yourself to really enjoy this as a whole you know what i'm saying yeah i think that's i think that's the key and just i think also knowing what you want plays a role in this too i feel like you know if this should i think i said this earlier this should be fun this is a fun league and the idea of this league is just amazing. Like the, I, I tell Cam, like this is this is crazy. This is awesome. So I feel like knowing what you want, knowing the kind of see team you have, being and being, you know, not maybe not so fast to jump on a team. Ask some questions. See what you want out of a team. See if they share your principles. Because I'm a, I'm one where I don't like I, I don't like jumping from team to team. I'm a Giants fan, Mets fan, Knicks fan, Rangers fan. Like I love those teams. I don't jump from team to team. So. I treat this as such. Like, if I'm going on a team, I want to stay on this team. I don't want to have to go to free agency and try to find a new team every every few months. So yeah. your goal should be to stay put and build, not yeah. kind of 
I think I use the term be a mercenary and just go team to team to team and just try to and try to win anywhere at this point. Yeah, and I think all the teams you listed, uh, you have to be having tough skin to be a fan of those teams. <laughs> no shots fired. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like we all know the That's jokes true. in the '90s of the oh, Mets. Oh god. Like so. <laughs> So again, I mean, still nineties, two thousand, two thousand ten. It still, it still goes. It still goes, right? Like especially if you're going against like the Yankees, and you know, if you got to choose between any New York team, just like if you're going to choose any New York team, you're going to choose the Giants over the Jets, um, and and vice versa. So, you know, it's funny because New York is just like California. There's two types of always. There's like two teams um, that you can potentially root for, right? So like I'm from Los Angeles, so. Lakers and Clippers, right? Um, Dodgers or Anaheim. Um, and trust me, nobody's choosing Anaheim. But I'm just saying, right? Um, <laughs> you always have these alternatives that I feel like at the end of the day, um, you know, it shows who you are. So I always felt like, I, and again, I am a Lakers fan, but I felt like if you were a Clippers fan, then you definitely had to be somebody who is um, <laughs> loyal because the Clippers at that time weren't doing jack crap. So... To um, a fo- loyal to a fault. That's what yeah. I <laughs> Loyal to a fault. And look, no I'm what. a Washington football fan, so I also feel that because Washington has not made the best decisions, but I feel with Ron Rivera that will eventually become the place. So um, now, before I let you go, right, and, and get to your wonderful wife and baby and, you know, get to relax a little bit, um, I want you to share your last thoughts. I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you, give you an opportunity to share anything we might not talked about, share your own uh, Discord, right? And anything you want to share, the floor is now yours. Uh, no, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it was re- really fun. This conversation was awesome. I really enjoyed it. So uh, thanks so much for having me on. Um, guys, hit me up, uh, Khalil KT Thomas on Discord. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm gonna start start talking more in Gen Chat. I feel like I'm not I'm a, no longer a rookie, so I feel like I can talk more and you know venture out a little bit. Um, and just if you guys, if people are listening who is who aren't part of this, jump in on this because it's really fun. I'm having a great time, and I'm looking forward to the future with the Simulation Football League. So thanks so much, Nelson, for having me on your show. I appreciate it. No problem. And do you want to share maybe your Discord name for folks to? Maybe contact yes. you to, you know, again, you shared a lot of great stuff. So folks, you know, rookies or anybody who's interested in, in just speaking with you can get in contact with you. Yes, it is Khalil KT Thomas 92 and uh, D, D-E slash LB. I might be switching positions. Hopefully we'll see. But right now, D-E-L-B was Khalil KT Thomas 92 D-E slash LB. Perfect. Well, again, Khalil, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for being such an awesome person to make the adjustment, putting a baby to bed. Um, <laughs> and then thank your wife for me for allowing the time because I know I took about an hour and some change from probably from her. And just like I tell my she, wife and any, well, she's any, any me partner, all day. She's told me all day buying a house. So she, she's <laughs> well aware and she's she thanks you for taking the time. no honestly look i I do want to share to our partners because again your partner can either make this experience easier or make it harder and when your partner's like 
man, you're always on your phone, on Discord, talking to this person, that person. It doesn't make it easier. But like in my wife's situation, she's like, you can have your podcast. You can um, do the things you got to do. And she's so supportive when we were watching our games, win, lose, or draw. My wife was right there. And anytime 84 got the ball, she was like, that's my baby right there. So, you know, that appreciation <laughs> is key. And that's why I have to thank your wife as well for allowing the time for you to share the great experiences, the person behind the player. Um, it's really been a great night. So thank you. Thanks so much, Nelson. Appreciate it. No problem. You have a wonderful night, okay? And thanks again. If you're always, if you're ever welcome, if you ever want to come back on the show, you're always welcome. I forgot to tell that to Benjamin, but you can relay my message to him since you guys are such great friends, all right? Will do. Have a great night. You too. So, again, thank you to Benjamin Warner. Thank you to Khalil KT Thomas for tonight's show. Um, it's awesome, right? Like, I, this is the part that I really enjoy the most. Um, getting to know people, getting to know what they're about, getting to understand the dynamics, and giving you a real inside look into the league, the people that make it what it is today. These, this is what it's about, right? This is what gets me excited about the show. This is why I look into every Friday. This is why I work meticulously on creating um, a, a setup that helps me achieve the goal of this show. So, you know, one thing I want to touch on before the show ends, right? Um, understanding, right? Like, I think, again, whoever is listening... If you ever become in a position of power, please utilize that position of power to make things better for others, right? You don't become a CEO and just be like, all right, now I'm on the top of the list and it's all about me and it's not about the company and the people that work for the company. That's not how it goes. Great organizations have great leaders. And if you have a title attached to your name, you need to respect that title and you need to understand the impact you can have on future things, right? If you don't take your, your, your role serious, you can turn a player like Khalil um, off, right? And make it a terrible experience where you, you, you don't feel like this is for you anymore. And that story I've seen sometimes in the SFL, and I felt that before as well. So I understand where that comes from. So to the leaders of these organ, to, to the league, to the people who make a difference, always remember the people who made, who got you there, the people who believed in your message, who believed in your vision, who believed in saying, Hey, I'll take a shot because I'm paying money. And of course I would want to be on a winning team, but Hey, I want to be, part of this because I believe in your message and who you are and you got to remember in this position of power too this is this is a subscription based game right or, or simulation people pay money to be here so if you're treating them with without respect if you over here talking all crazy and and doing all these things it's going to come and bite you back because that is now a reflection of you. And now you are damaging the brand of the organization. You also are damaging potential people who want to be part of this organization that will say, hey, the SFL is not for me. Deuces, I'm out. And guess what? We don't have also that extra revenue stream, that opportunity to grow the league because now that, that, that stream is gone, right? And I want you to understand, like, your subscriptions that you guys, we pay for every month, every year, whatever we decide the, the payment plan that we want to do to this, 
it's going towards making the league better to make it more realistic, to make it more entertaining and fun and allow it to grow even more than it has in the last six, 15 seasons so far. So, you know, the portion to me is wanting to share that, right? Um, any, um, you know, owners, any uh, director of player personnel, any GMs, any head coaches, any offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, scouts, whatever you are. Always remember what your title is and what you do and how you impact that. And if you can think on a broader scale, you need to. Um, because, again, we want to grow this league together. We want to make this great. We want to build a culture, but we also want to help where we're able to make this an amazing product to share around, not just, you know, this area, but the world. So, you know, I share that with with the full intent of, of helping folks understand that if you're able to be in that position, don't take it for granted because it really, really, really um, can affect not just yourself, but it can affect others around you. And I hate to see if somebody has a bad experience in this league because it's not what you pay for. I don't pay to get have a bad experience, right? <laughs> like that, that in the real world, you give me a bad experience, you're going to get a bad review. And uh, that's just my piece of advice for others to start considering those kind of key things, right? People pay millions of dollars to understand branding and understand happy, you know, employee happiness and all these key things. And I'm giving it to you for free. But um, I give that to you with the intent to hopefully have this league league and people in this league to change for the better. And whether you want to take my advice or not, that's your choice. Because, again, you have your right um, to consuming this product however you see fit. Now, with that being said... Um, Unfortunately, this upcoming week, we will not have a show. I do have people lined up like I normally do every week. Um, I will contact those folks directly to help them explain the situation. But I have to deal with a family matter potentially this week that has me canceling the show in case um, to not diminish the, the work that I put into this. Right. I put. You know, a lot of time in creating a schedule and getting people involved and helping them feel comfortable and also helping me feel comfortable by having a structured um, outline of the show to, to make sure that it, it makes sense and it, and it kind of flows. But unfortunately, with real life, um, I have family a family issue that needs my undivided attention. And uh, again... Not going to get into details, but prayers. If you want to get prayers out there for myself and, and for us to, for me to get through whatever I'm going through, um, I will definitely appreciate it. But unfortunately, next Friday will look like we're not going to have a show. If it does change my situation and everything, then I will send kind of an update saying, hey, the show's back on. And I'll reach out to my guests um, to let them know, hey, that it is back on. But if it does change and I do need to get my focus then please understand this will be the one time other than if it falls on a holiday like, you know, uh, Black Friday or something of that sort, um, which it will probably be for me since I work in retail, will be a time where I won't have a show or maybe a pre-recorded show before this. So it won't be on the live air side. But um, yeah, again, I do I do want to ch- share with you. So if you expect the show next week, unfortunately, it won't be there. But if you do want to send your prayers and everything like that, I'll be more than happy to take those. So, uh, again, 
Thank you for spending your Friday with me. It's always appreciated. I hope you gained something from here. I hope you learned something today. I hope that you put the show on and you're like, man, it got me through whatever I'm working on. And hopefully it's a really, really easy listen, listen to, to have and put on. So again, thank you for joining me. You stay safe. Have a wonderful weekend um, and have a good night.